Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we would usually watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does it belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever, or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly. My name's Arnaldo, I'm your host, I'm joined by... Birdo. And I said usually because we're not watching a movie today and talking about it, we're talking about a movie we watched out in theaters. Yeah, it's another review episode. Yes. <laughs> Birdo? The Batman. I, I, you do the movie. So I you do the movie titles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For The Batman. There you go. Um, Berto's got a couple jobs around here. So, <laughs> Yeah, so this is a review. We haven't, what was the last review we did? Eternals? No, Spider-Man. No Duh. Duh. I'm an idiot. So this is how we do <laughs> reviews. Basically, we're going to talk a little bit about background, but then we're going to get into our non-spoiler opinions, thoughts, review. Right, so for a very good chunk of this, we're not going to spoil the movie. So if you haven't seen it, that's okay. We're going to tell you straight up. We will now spoil the movie from here on in, on the tail end of the episode when we get into spoilers. That way, you know, if if you hadn't seen it yet and you are planning on seeing it and you feel like you want to go in, you know, without knowing that information, you can just go ahead and back out now. I think we're pretty good at like not spoiling when we sit when we don't do spoilers. Like I go back obviously and like edit these episodes and stuff and yeah. I think we're I think we're pretty good at it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a single time where I've I think there was one time I was like, well, you know, it depends on what you think a spoiler is. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If you don't want anything, then don't whatever. By the time this comes out, this movie would have been out for like almost a week, so. <laughs> but if you don't mind hearing other people's opinions, yeah, uh before going in, then yeah, just, you know, listen and then stop at the spoiler section. Yeah. And then come back. If you're here on Twitch, we're just going to tell you, and then you can leave if you want to leave. And if you don't care, you can hang out with us. Whatever. We are live right now on Twitch. By the way, we record all these episodes on Twitch. So we will be talking with people in the chat as we go on. If you like this show, if you've listened to other episodes, uh, and if you want to be a part of it, that's how you do it. You come join us on twitch.tv filmsfrompz Monday nights, 8 o'clock, when we're not recording an episode, then we're just hanging out, playing a video game. We've been playing... Arkham Asylum for like three weeks. Yeah. In order to kind of like, you know, hype up Get for the our Batman mood. Batman season. Yeah. Yeah. And that was fun. So like I might either continue playing that game or play City next. Or Origins. Or Origins. Or Night. Night's my favorite. Also, while we've been getting ready for uh, Batman, we did two episodes Batman related. We did Catwoman from 2004 and Batman 1966. Those two episodes might be some of the most fun I think we've had on this podcast, honestly. <laughs> Those are riots for completely different reasons. Yes. Catwoman's funny in a bad way, and Batman 66 is hilarious in a great way. Like, <laughs> like one's just so bad that it's funny, and the other's like, it's got that campiness going on yeah. with it. Yeah. And is incredibly self-aware and hilarious. <laughs> Both those episodes have different guests. Sable, my wife, was on one of them, and a good friend of ours, Chris, from the Assembly Required podcast, was on the other one. Check those episodes out. They're out. And there's plenty of more Batman, because last year we did the Tim Burton movies and the Joel Schumacher movies. Yes. So that's Batman from 1989 through Returns, Forever, and Batman and Robin. All that's available, so we have nothing but Batman content. Oh, shit, I forgot. We also did a, a retrospective episode on Batman versus Superman. And yes. we did a legitimate episode on the theatrical cut of Justice League. And we did a review on Zack Snyder's Justice League. We've talked about Batman quite a bit. So we might have to put Batman a bet after this. Even though there's like, we still have some more Batman stuff. 
He can rest for a little bit. He, he, he deserves it. He deserves it. <laughs> well, that's going to actually bring me to my next topic. But uh, are you ready to get started? Yes, let's go. Let's talk about a little bit of background. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, I want to talk about how this movie came to be. Oh, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go <laughs> off on this. It's going to. We got to get in the time machine. We're going all the way back to 2012. Are you ready? All right. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. It's been 10 years, by the way, since The Dark Knight Rises. Time flies. Time's a. Uh, I remember. What is it that you say? Time's a. Time is a son, son of, a, of bitch. a bitch. Yes. <laughs> Berta, what else happened in 2012? Can you tell me? Joss Whedon directed the Avengers. The Joss Whedon directed Avengers movie came out. Yeah. I don't know why you're bringing Joss Whedon into this. Because he, the Avengers. He, he made a couple of good things in his life. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Uh, you, but you, fuck him. You're such a fucking sympathizer for uh, Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's. <laughs> That's it. Are you one of those <laughs> brown coats? Uh, what's is that? What they call themselves? Like, what? What are you doing to bring back Firefly? <laughs> one of those people? Yeah, it, Disney should do it now. Now that they own it. Uh, anyway, so Marvel is. I don't know if you remember. Avengers was a big deal, mostly because they made billions of dollars in a team up superhero movie, which had, as of that point, not happened yet. Right, and right. everyone's looking at them going. Maybe we should all do shared universes. And then, like, every movie studio scrambled to find their shared universe, and none of them worked, right? Meanwhile, DC's like, we just put our biggest fish, like the crown buck, we just put him to bed just now. Yeah. Like, the same year. Like, the timing couldn't have been more unfortunate, I think, for DC. So, very next year is Man of Steel. It's 2013. Obviously, that movie was already in development. What happens that same summer that Man of Steel comes out is Comic-Con, right? Right. I don't know if you remember this. The Comic-Con, the announcement of Batman versus Superman. I think I remember it. So the way they did it, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to announce a sequel. Uh, let's put the title up behind us, right? It's got the big Superman logo. And then, like, music starts playing. Oh, I remember this. And then, like, a silhouette opens up, and you slowly see the Batman emblem behind Superman's emblem. And the crowd goes wild. They fucking lost their goddamn minds. And for good reason. I remember there was a bunch of speculation, too. It was like, oh, is Christian Bale coming right, back? Right, right, right. <laughs> but you should have known by the fact that there was no... Uh, the bats were different. Yeah. He had a very... Specific. Bat, yeah. He had a very sharp, angular bat. Oh, thank you, Caleb. Caleb in the chat says they read a line from the Dark Knight Returns comic and then showed the bat signal. I don't remember that part. I just remember the big, like, bat symbol. So thank you for remembering that. That's great. Yeah. Um, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so everyone loses their goddamn minds because for a couple reasons. One, like, yeah, we just put batman to bed but actually fucking roll him back out because he's back <laughs> he's back baby <laughs> and then obviously speculation runs rampant of like who's the next batman gonna be and it kind of feels like we're always i feel like in a perpetual cycle of who's the next batman gonna be like i, I feel like people are, are already kind of like all right this movie's gonna get like you know in 10 years from now who's the next batman well you batman know? <laughs> has batman been rebooted more than spider-man has i believe he has oh by far he had fucking four movies yeah. with three different actors in the 90s. And, and like questionable continuity. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they said oh, this Batman's going to be older, jaded, kind of towards the end of his career. So he'll be kind of the more experienced opposite to Superman, who's just getting started. Right. Right. Uh, and I thought that was a super interesting take. Josh Brolin was a big name. Um, I think. I'm kind of glad that one didn't happen. Yeah. Then we got Thanos and. And cable. Well, also, I like Ben Affleck. So yeah, yeah, and then Ben Affleck, and then people were very divisive on well, because Ben Affleck. People 
remember Daredevil. But people are dumb because at this point in Ben Affleck's career, he was like at the height of his. Yeah, like, no, his career criti- at this point has turned around yeah, completely. He's, he's not making rom-coms anymore. He's writing and directing his own movies. Yeah, he's and doing at this like point, Argo and... Gone Baby Gone, The Town, and Argo, yeah. which are all three incredible crime dramas. Like, fucking amazing movies. So when I heard this, I was like, this is excellent casting, I think. <laughs> John Hamm, thank you. That was the name I was trying to think of. That would have been interesting. Yeah. So anyway, the, the promise is, here's Ben Affleck. He's going to do... Batman versus Superman, which is obviously going to kick off into like Justice League movies. I don't know if they had straight up said it, but it was so. Actually, they did because it was said there was a fucking subtitle, which is a uh, Dawn, uh, Dawn of, Justice, of Justice. Yeah, that's obviously like yeah, you're doing Justice League. To what I think Philly said earlier, uh, Avengers came out and DC hit the panic button. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and they started kind of going backwards, and I, that's just a different conversation. But I feel like you know they wanted to start with. The team's already together and then do a bunch of solo flicks afterwards. Because originally it was going to be BVS and Justice League, then Aquaman, then Flash, then Cyborg, then right. Green Lantern. Those movies, obviously, some of those aren't happening and some already did. A <laughs> Wonder Woman. Anyway, so BVS, Justice League, and then with the promise of a solo Batman movie. And at that point, it's like, yeah, we just got three of those, but it's also like way in the future. Yeah. You know, it was going to be after all these other movies that come out. So it's kind of like, Sweet, like he's going to be the Nick Fury of this universe. He's going to be kind of like the guy putting the team together kind of in a bunch of different movies. We knew we were going to probably see a lot of cameos. He had signed like a 10 picture deal. You know, one of those big Marvel contracts. Hopes were high. They were very high. (laughs) Um, So that movie, The Batman, later on, we find out that they're having Ben Affleck write and direct it also. In addition to obviously starring in it, probably also serving as producer. And it was going to be an original story set in Arkham with influences from Arkham Asylum, the game we've been playing. Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth, which is a comic book. It's really good. The artwork for that is kind of incredible. The whole comic, it looks like an oil painting. It's kind of crazy. Uh, a Nightfall, which is the... Broken. Ba- the yeah, bat Bane, being broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman, I break you when Bane breaks Batman's back. It was going to have Deathstroke orchestrating a breakout, appearances from Batgirl. It would explore the death of Robin that was set up in uh, Batman versus Superman. That would have been cool to see. There was a lot of teasing because this is a Batman that had already been around for 20 years. So it's like, what has he done and what has he not done? Like, who are the villains that we've seen and which villains haven't been made yet? You know what I mean? I think I said in our BVS episode, like, it's a shame that, like, we only get, like... It's just alluded to what has happened. We don't yeah. actually see any of it. The only interaction we got between him and the Joker was... Just now. <laughs> in Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. Right. We got a little bit of kind of world building in Suicide Squad. Because a, a, a little of, bit. A, a little lot bit, of the yeah. movie is set in Gotham City, and it has a lot of Batman villains in it. Like Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn the Joker... The jo- uh, most killer the, croc most of the suicide squad is, <laughs> is made up batman, of batman villains, villains yeah, and like yeah. one flash villain <laughs> yeah, captain boomerang <laughs> yeah who i actually really liked in that movie he was the one person i liked yeah we and we talked about that movie in an episode when we were reviewing the suicide squad also. yeah uh so check those out but anyway the biggest like tease in bvs is when the camera stops on robin's costume hung up with the spray paint from joker that just says ha 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 on it and you're like Oh my God! Can I learn more about this? And then it was a very interesting tease. Oh my God! And then Affleck like walks away, kind of like, "Yeah, you're gonna learn about it later." Except we don't. 
So <laughs> great, fucking amazing. Anyway, yeah, maybe the Flash movie will show us. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that I mean, honestly, that's probably the last hope for the Affleck yeah. Batman is whatever the hell is going to happen. Right. So his script is being written by himself, Ben Affleck, and Jeff Johns. Right. At one point, Chris Terrio comes in to do a rewrite or a polish. I get the impression because I couldn't find it anywhere. I feel I feel like that was Ben Affleck's decision because they've worked together a lot. I don't think the studio is like, hey, Ben, we're going to bring in Terrio to work on your script because they work together on Argo. They were a good team. Yeah, right. So I feel like that was more on Ben instead of Jeff Johns, who we know was like behind the scenes rewriting pages for both Suicide Squad and Justice League and Batman versus Superman. It's a bit too much. So I... <laughs> Again, there's nothing out here to say so, but I always get kind of the impression that like Jeff Johns was pushing his own agenda on a script that maybe Affleck wanted more control over, you know? Yeah. And we'll never actually know because no. nobody's going to talk about that. But Yeah. And that's the thing. Like Affleck is like, he's really real, but he's also very diplomatic in his interviews. Yeah. He's not going to say like, anything that's going to fuck him over. Yeah. Like he speaks from the heart and then he's like, but he's very restrained too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, I want to know. Like I want the behind the scenes, you know? Anyway, we all know what happens in Batman versus Superman uh, and in Justice League. The, right? All the studio interference and... And firing. Well, sort of. They sort of pushed out. Uh, Zack Snyder from Justice League. We talk about this a lot in our uh, Justice League episode. So by January 2017, when Affleck and that we know of a lot of other actors, including Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot, had miserable experiences on the reshoots of Justice League. Thanks to our friend Joss Whedon. Right. Oh, yeah, Joss Whedon. There's another cook in the kitchen. Uh, Ben Affleck is uh, pretty much about to check himself into rehab. He is going through a divorce. He is a complete alcoholic. It's a messy time for him. He's eating right? a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> He's getting out of shape, but that's that's not not passing blame for any of that, right? He's going through a lot. So he exits as a director, but claims to still be on as writer and obviously starring, right? February 2017, while they're looking for a new director, they're talking to Matt Reeves and negotiations break down. Matt Reeves says no to Batman. One week later in February, Matt Reeves is hired. I always thought that was an interesting kind of turn of events, but only if he had total creative control. Apparently, Toby Emmerich, who was, he's like a big figure in uh, in, in DC. He's like a chairman. Uh, I think now he has a t- he, has, he has a bigger title. Uh, but anyway, Toby Emmerich is also a guy that Ray Fisher like points to a lot for being like an enabler of like Joss Whedon and kind of this whole so bad a- another, workplace. another uh, issue with the DCEU. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, he really wanted Matt Reeves because he was sold on his take, uh, what he wanted to do. Affleck was kind of asked a lot like, are you still Batman? And he said, yes, of course. When Matt Reeves was hired, he said, I'll wear a monkey suit for Matt Reeves. I love him. Like, okay. I love his movies. So even Affleck was on board at this point. <laughs> or at least he says so. Um, oh, true. Uh, true. March true, true. 2017. So a month later, apparently, the movie is being rewritten from scratch. <laughs> Today, we know that Matt Reeves did not want to do Affleck's script. He said he liked it. It was fine. It would have made a great movie, but it wasn't his and it wasn't his take. And it's not what he wanted to do. Obviously, Tommy Emmerich and DC were like, they hired him on the basis of they give him full creative control. So it's, it's weird that they were like, all right, yeah, do that. It is so weird. <laughs> and I want to get into that a little bit more when I, but it flabbergasts me that like DC's like trying to put together a universe to rival Marvel's and they're like, oh, you want to make a non canon movie? They just keep shooting themselves. Sure. In the <laughs> why not? Let's do it. 
And originally, what a lot of uh, rumors were that he wanted to do a year one style movie, which is what we got, right? He again, he did get full es- creative. Essentially, yeah. He got full creative control. And the theory was, okay, so you're going to cast a younger Batman, and this will all be a prequel. And then he was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so rewrites the movie from scratch. A year later, it's reported that he finishes the script. Rumors of Ben Affleck's involvement are brought into question. There were theories that Affleck would bookend the movie. So, again, it would be kind of told from his perspective as a prequel, like a flashback, you know? Like The Hobbit. Sure. <laughs> uh, in August 2018, Matt Reeves claims Affleck is still involved, which is weird wording. Uh, not to be like, yeah, he's a star of the movie. He is still involved. Which means, like, maybe he's, like, a producer or something. Right, or, yeah. right, right. January 2019, Ben Affleck confirms he is no longer Batman. Uh, elaborating on his Justice League experience, Affleck said it had, and this was recent, Affleck said it had particularly soured his interest in the role since it involved his divorce, frequent traveling, and competing agendas. I'm going to underline competing agendas. Uh, (laughs) That should be the subtitle of, like, the DCEU. Competing agendas. (laughs) It seems to be happening with every single player in the DCEU. (laughs) Uh, As well as the death of Snyder's daughter, Autumn, which led to the director's exit from the project and subsequent extensive reshoots for the film. Affleck recalled that he had shown a version of the Batman script to a friend who said... We also know that the friend is Matt Damon, by the way. Uh, so Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through on Justice League again. So, look. Matt's th- being a good friend. Obviously. And no movie is worth the mental health and physical exhaustion of any human being. Like, right. th- these are movies at the end of the day. And they should be fun for everyone, including the people that are involved. And if you ask me... What's the biggest difference between Marvel and DC? I'll tell you, Marvel makes their workplaces fun. And I think you can attribute a lot of success of the MCU to Feige and company making sure that everyone involved is having a good time. That's one of the situations where having a tight grip on it could be a good thing. Yeah. I mean... Think of any workplace. Think of the worst job you've ever you've ever held. And what would you say? What was the issue? Probably bad management. Right. Yeah. And if you go to a great job, it's probably because you're thinking, yeah, the management is really facilitating everything to work the way it should work. Mm -hmm. And this is an enjoyable workplace because they're not unreasonable and the pay is good and there's benefits. And in the day, I'm not being you know, yelled at or like sexually harassed. (laughs) Is that so much to ask for? You know, it shouldn't be, but (laughs) apparently it is. So, so that's kind of what I would say. I would say uh, uh, Warner brothers has not facilitated a good, healthy workplace. And it shows in how every one of their movies until very recently has had horror stories in the production. Oh yeah. And especially with justice league being the biggest example of that. You have most yeah, of the main cast exactly. speaking out yeah. about it. And I love how that kind of happened because, not that I, obviously I hate what happened with Justice League. Right. But at the end of the day, there was a lot of accountability that got aired out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like, you know, you think of the Me Too movement where everyone's just like, oh, we're talking about this now because I have a lot of stories with this person and this person. All these things that people were kind of like keeping in because they thought the industry is not account they're not holding people accountable and they never will therefore my story is never going to be believed or if you do come out you're going to get blacklisted exactly it was ray fisher who was like no this is bullshit and joss whedon's a dick and then 
everyone else started coming out and being like, actually, yeah, I had this horrible experience with Joss Whedon. And fucking, what's her name? Michelle Trachtenberg was like, yeah, we weren't allowed in the same room at the same time because <laughs> it he's was, a god. It, it was a rule. It was a rule on set because he's a goddamn creep. You know, like, yeah. that's fucking horrible. And it's horrible that it took decades before that came out. Yeah. So obviously, Actually, like, most of the cast of like Buffy came out and said like, "Yeah, it was ex- horrible." Exactly. Yeah. yeah. His ex-wife too. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be airing the dirty laundry. <laughs> Gal Gadot doesn't speak English apparently. Yeah. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> what a fucking oh, piece Josh of garbage. Oh, Josh a vampire. Oh yeah, it's okay because it's okay that he like you know sexually assaults people because he's a vampire. He feels like he's a vampire. Therefore, he deserves to have sex with everyone on set because he was a loser growing up or whatever the fuck he said. He's weird. I don't like him. Anyway, we're not talking about Joss Whedon. So I've been pretty kind of clear on how much I hate this movie, the Batman, for this reason. Right. I am, And I, I got to be super clear here. I'm not talking about the movie content wise. I'm talking about the fact that this movie did what it did. The whole like everything that led up to the creation yeah. of this movie. Yeah. I've had a very sour spot for this film because. Oh, you've been talking about it for like a year. I know. <laughs> um, I, I, I was dreading watching this movie. And one of the reasons I was dreading watching it is because I was afraid I was going to like it. And I'm like, if I like this movie, then it's kind of like, I don't know, like, then what? <laughs> you're, allowed, you're, you're allowed to, though. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, what, like, because here's the thing. If I like this movie and if people like it, which they do, this movie's very popular now and it's got great reviews and it's making money, right? Right. What does that mean? What are, like, the ramifications of this movie being successful for, like, the DCEU? Oh, it's probably not good for the... Unless they're going to start rewriting The Flash again. (laughs) But do you see what I'm saying? It's like, are we going back to... Let's just do a bunch of solo movies. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Right. Batman's my favorite character. And I think that the Ben Affleck iteration of that is nail on the head. I think that is the defining Batman. He didn't get a full movie. So it's kind of unfair to compare. You know what I'm saying? He had a sort of a B-plot in Batman versus Superman... And then also he had like his arc kind of finish in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that was all to kind of set up Batman here. Because again, we were going to talk about the killing. It's a major complaint for a lot of people that like Ben Affleck's, he doesn't kill, but he doesn't care if people die. Well, and here's the thing that's happened in every Batman sure, movie. Sure. Except for like this one. And in, even in this one, I'm like. This one, there's like, there's something there's some, questionable that happens that I will talk about good. later. There's some collateral damage in this, just like there's in any superhero movie, though. And, no one's perfect. But my issue is nobody talked about the collateral damage at all. They just, <laughs> like, everything's fine now. All right. Well, and, hold, hold we'll, on. Let's, we'll get to yeah, that. Let's get into that. Because that was one so, of my issues with the movie. <laughs> here's my thing you've got Ben Affleck, who has written and directed. Movies that have won Academy Awards. You know what I'm saying? He is an A-list actor, writer, director in Hollywood. And I'm not going to say anything bad about Matt Reeves because he's very talented also. But when you're given the choice between the two of them and you already have one of them, I don't see why you would go, actually, let's give this guy a chance. Do you know what I mean? It's weird that they had such like a hard-on for Matt Reeves to yeah. like be involved with this. Here's the other thing. If Ben Affleck doesn't want to do it, because apparently we don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes. I would love to know, like I said. Because for all we know, he could have like actually been like, I'm done. Yeah, sure. And then they were like, well, fuck, we got to do something now. Yeah. But he also could have been like, I'm going to rehab now. And y'all fucked with me a lot in the last movie. Can you give me a year? And they probably said no. Like, if that's what he said. That's possible, too. There's a lot of possibility. And here's the other thing. 
because of the change in leadership, the movie gets delayed anyway. If you if you start from scratch, you start from scratch. Right. So instead of the movie filming later that year, it's supposed to film in 2017 and be out in 2018. It didn't film until 2020. And then COVID happened on top of that. So it took a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, so, e- so End of 2020, they started back up, I think. Sure. But like the earliest date at that point is 2021. So like if that was your date anyway... Then why not delay the movie and and give Ben Affleck the time he needs? If that be the case, I'm not jumping to conclusions. Right. All I'm saying is, I feel like you already had a golden goose and you decided to fuck that up. You know what I mean? They're gonna say you decided to fuck the goose. <laughs> yeah, you decided to fuck the goose. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked the goose. I'm sorry, they fucked the goose. They they fucked over they Ben fucked Affleck. The goose. They screwed the pooch. They 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 screwed the pooch. So. I think there was always room for that to still happen if Warner Brothers really wanted to do it. But again, like you said, your words, someone had a hard on for Matt Reeves. Someone with a lot of power. Sure. Toby Emmerich. But (laughs) also, here's something else. If Affleck says, this is a lot, I'm going through a lot, I cannot direct. He's still attached contractually to be Batman, right? And maybe he wanted to get out as acting too. But acting is, you know, he's there for... You know, a few months and then he's done. It's not the same as when you direct a movie and you're involved for two, three years, mm-hmm. right? So if you're DC and someone, a director comes up to you and they're like, hey, I want to make this movie, but it's going to erase him from the continuity. Why would DC say yes? That's the part I don't understand because Matt Reeves is very talented and we're going to get into whether or not we think this movie is good, right? Right. But he's not the only good person out there. There are other great directors There's out lots there. Lots of options. There, you have so <laughs> many options. And there were other names being kind of touted around. So why the hard on? You know? They were a lot more interested in getting Matt Reeves than they were in cultivating this universe that they were yeah. trying to build, it, it seems. And it's weird because... I feel like somebody maybe learned the wrong lessons from they're the failures of al- their movie. Yeah, they're always learning the wrong lessons. That's so maybe like, problem. oh, maybe we should just shouldn't do a shared universe at all because that's not working out. No, you're just doing it the wrong way. You're just doing it wrong. Yeah. Because all you needed to do, what does Marvel do when they make a less than great movie? They make it better the next time around. Yeah, they improve. Oh, except what? for Thor. No, Thor is what Actually, I'm saying. Thor 1, Thor 2, or eh. What's Thor 3? Oh, Thor 3 is... It's incredible. Critically acclaimed, yeah. Yeah. So oh, then I thought thought about it. I like the Dark World better than the first Thor anyway, so uh, okay, they, they sure, didn't prove. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you know what I'm saying? Just make the next movie good and no big deal. What's... What, like, The Suicide Squad, great film. It's a sequel to a bad movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all you have to do is make the next one better. Like, that's all you gotta do to keep, like, a shared universe going. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, this is why this upsets me is because Iron Man just died, right? Right. In Endgame. What if they were like... Okay, we're going to make a new Iron Man movie, and it's not in the MCU. You'd be like, what the fuck? Why? Well, if it was a superior Iron Man, and they eventually connected it to the MCU via multiverse, okay, that'd right, be right. interesting. Here's the thing. Multiverse kind of gets rid of all these arguments, because you can do whatever you want now. Well, that's but if I'm it's saying. done well, though. It's... But And Kevin Feige would be like, no, I'm sorry. Like, We're going to find someone who's going to make a good movie within our It's kind of what happened with Ant-Man, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly And yeah. they had a good director attached to that. And I would, I would have loved to see- Edgar Wright. His Ant-Man, yeah. But maybe he would do something weird that doesn't fit in the MCU. Maybe it was all for the for the better at the end of the day. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the thing. Feige and Marvel, they have a vision and they're overall sticking to it. Yeah. They're, they're compromising only when they have to. And apparently they're very flexible too. Apparently a lot of this kind of like overarching planning happens movie to movie. 
you know <laughs> the infinity saga just kind of accidentally happened the way it did and they're so like well. you know what let's do this like but they do some loose planning right but i feel like feige's gonna go and be like give me your ideas and then be like look i need the character has to start here it needs to end somewhere in this area so it will work for yeah. the next and movie. it's like and just don't kill off this character and you're good sure like these are kind of the things you need to do here are the rules they, they set up like go like crazy. um bullet points of like what to either do or don't do and then they're like yeah all right now do something within these parameters yeah but like back on ben affleck and, and batman when people tell me batman doesn't want to do it i'm like okay yeah but that seems like an oversimplification because just fucking like last year Zack snyder texted ben affleck and he said i'm filming one more scene can you do it and he said yeah emphatically said yes and he acted his ass off. Yeah, in that could, one scene. In that one scene, and and you may it hate might it. Have been if like you want. two scenes. Was it two scenes? It's one sequence. Let's put it that okay. way. You may think whatever you want of Zack Snyder's Justice League. You look at Ben Affleck in that scene, and yeah, he's putting years of like pent up anger at this role into that fucking five minute scene, and it works. It's it's incredible. I mean, again. Some people don't like it. It's whatever. I like it a lot. But I think he he put an entire film's worth of performance in that moment. You can tell that it means a lot to him. Again, this is a man that signed up for fucking 10 projects. Like, he knew what he was getting into. Right? Right. So, yeah, stuff happens. But I think deep down, he never wanted to not do it, really. It's like at McDonald's, when when I get a customer that's really angry, you know, the, the Karens that you end up seeing on fucking Twitter and shit. Oh, yeah. When I get one of those, I end up asking them, like, hey, like, you came here for food. I don't want you to leave without food, right? That's why you came here. So let's work this out, basically. Like, I want to get you your food also. Like, what do we right. got to do? The metaphor is, <laughs> you know, he came to do Batman and he didn't get to do that and he left. So it's like, he still probably wants to do it to some capacity because also the Flash. And he's in that. What's what's that guy's name? What's the director's name? It's Andy Machetti. Andy Machetti. He's directing Flash? He's doing the Flash. He was the guy okay. who did. Um, I just remember Flash went through like twelve directors. So yeah, including uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. That uh, might have been interesting to see. It might have, yeah. But I know they got fired from Solo, but like they did a really good job with other movies that they've been involved in. So absolutely, Andy Muschietti, when asked, he was like, "If Batman has anything to do with our project, it has to be Ben Affleck because that is the connecting." threat oh yeah common sense thank yeah, god exactly that's the <laughs> interconnectivity so he reached out to ben affleck and ben affleck said yes it's like when given the opportunity to do the thing you want to do in a healthy workplace you might do that like wow <laughs> maybe when the flash comes out this is like wishful thinking but like maybe he'll get like the andrew garfield treatment where people are like holy shit this guy's well, fucking awesome okay well here's the thing too <laughs> is apparently not and there were rumors that they approached him about an hbo show to do batman and he said no there's no concrete evidence of that i don't okay. think because i think that would be an excellent way of yeah eating your cake and having it too yeah doing a little bit of both and Just we've like, already seen that good shows can be made oh, with the, oh absolutely with the hbo budget yeah. And, and I think now, like, because my question was, what does this mean? What does this, the success of the Batman mean to the overall DC films? Yeah. We might not see Batman play a big role anymore, even though now it's going to be Michael Keaton. I don't see Michael Keaton, who came from a fucking storybook universe in Batman Returns. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't see him coming into this fucking gritty universe and, like, holding his own. I think he's going to be more of, like, a... Like a Bruce Wayne in the chair type, a lot. Maybe 
like in Batman Beyond. Maybe we can get Terry McGinnis. Yeah, and that'd be fine. I, I'd be down if, with that. If you've got uh, Michael Keaton as old man Batman, yeah. then that does make sense. I'd be totally cool that'd with that. That'd be totally fine. But my point is, is like, we're not going to get an in-universe Batman movie anymore because they can't just put out two Batman movies that compete with each other. It doesn't make any sense. No. Unlike comic books where you do this shit all the time. It's like, oh yeah, this Batman's in a different universe. The this general Spider- audience will be too confused. Yeah. this And it's <laughs> it's millions and millions of dollars. It's not just like a comic book that, you know, it's whatever. They, they A new one comes out every other week anyway. We're like publishing it's probably a few thousand dollars. I don't know. But anyway, I would love to know for real if that was true that they offered him, uh, you know, some more Batman stuff and he said no. If it is, and cool, like, I'm, look, I'm not going to be hung up about it. He said no. He said no. You know? Right. But my gut feeling, just from seeing how, like, emphatic he's been about coming back to do Batman in certain ish- instances, mm-hmm. like, can we do the Andrew Garfield if it's possible? Can we do the Andrew Garfield? <laughs> because, yeah, like, to your point is now there's rumors that, like, maybe Andrew Garfield's going to get his Spider-Man 3. Maybe we're going to get different Spider-Man movies with different Spider-Man in it, and everyone's okay with it because everyone saw that fucking movie, and they're all going to get it. Yeah, it's been established in a way where it's actually possible to yeah. do. So, so again, nothing has been confirmed on that front either, but yeah. Are you ready to move on? <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of history behind this movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's, let's move on a little bit. Let's go to the chat. Let's take a quick break <laughs> from yelling about Ben Affleck. That was a good movie. Oh, the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Snyder <laughs> Cut was great. Snyder Cut was great. I really liked that one. I watched it again and I think I liked it a, 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 like a, an iota less just because like, the surprise isn't there anymore, you know? Like, when you watch a movie for the first time. Right. But I'm sure, like, it still tells a much better story than yeah. we had before. And then Yeah. You know, the worst thing about that movie is that there's a five and a half, six-year gap between that and BVS. Because it was only supposed to be, like, a year and a half. And so, like, for the character of Batman specifically, like, Batman in BVS is, like, basically, he's, like, beyond saving. You know, yeah, he's, he, he's in a super dark place. He doesn't care about collateral damage, even though he's directly not like murdering people. That's supposed to be an arc because in Justice League, he's like a renewed person. Yes. And, oh, and, and we talked about that. Yeah. And now he's like, Faith Alfred, I'm working off Faith. Like, I'm the nice and, guy now. And you actually see him like smile. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, holy shit. What this would have done to this perception of Batfleck had it come out in 2017 when it was supposed to. It would have been good. Would have been great. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's get into non-spoilers for this movie, The Batman. So we're not spoiling anything quite yet. We're going to talk about our thoughts without getting into any specific details before we actually then get into spoilers. All right. Do you want to just kick it off? Overall thoughts? Yeah. What Um, what would your review for the movie be before we get specific, (laughs) I guess? Well, I know it's going to be different from yours. (laughs) Fuck Amazon. I don't want to rate a purchase right now. (laughs) Overall, I did like this movie. That's not to say I didn't have issues with it, but I did like it. Okay, okay, okay. It's a little on the long side. I think it's long, too. But... I ta- I want to talk about it. It didn't bother me too much, but thinking about it, like, I, I, I've had a few days to think about it, whereas you've had, like, one. I think a good, like, 20 minutes or so could have been shaved off this movie and we wouldn't have lost too much. That being said... I agree. I also <laughs> like that there was... There was a lot of dialogue in this movie, and I was kind of about it. Not all of it's necessarily plot relevant. Like, it's just characters talking to each other. I don't hate that stuff, though. I know some people do, but I'm fine with it. So, length, it wasn't an issue for me, but the movie could be a little bit shorter. I think you can cut 20 minutes off of this movie and not even notice, because there are a lot of shots that just go on too long, I think. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I Yeah. 
I, I think you could easily cut time off of this and pace it a hair quicker. Like make it a little more tight? Yeah. yeah. It is kind of meandering, I think, in a uh, lot of places. There's like a subplot in it that I feel like doesn't really go very far. <laughs> I like I get it, but it's also kind of like I feel like that could have been written differently. And even if it's still in the movie, it could have been edited differently. Yeah, I just I I did feel the length. The the movie could use a, a little bit more editing. Here's the thing: that's coming from the person who will say that Zack Snyder's Justice League is four hours, and it's fine at four hours. It wasn't long enough because well, no, <laughs> not not necessarily not that. Just because that movie had a lot of content. Yeah. So. And this is something I'm noticing a lot more when I watch something. I'm like, that could be longer. That could be shorter. I'm starting to realize, editing-wise, when something is needs more length and when something has enough or too much, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie, it did a lot less content-wise. Therefore, it could have been a lot tighter and it wouldn't have moved so slow in some places. Okay. But overall, for me, I look, we just went on a whole thing and I talked about how I didn't want this movie to come out. Like, I just didn't want to see it. Like, I I held a personal vendetta against this movie. That being said, I am very good, I think, at separating my, my internal biases with, like, what's presented to me on screen. You know? And I think if you listen to us talk about these movies that sometimes are really bad, like, most of the movies we talk about are bad. Let's be for real. There's, there's more bad ones than good ones. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of like a 50-50. And sometimes we even, like, enjoy the bad ones, but we still acknowledge yeah. that it's bad. I think I am pretty objective. I will tell you the things I like and do not like, and I'll tell you the things that I think are good and bad, and those are not related at all. Whether something's good and bad and whether you like it or don't like it is completely unrelated. So my expectations for this film were, this is going to be a good movie, and I expect that because... I saw it late. I saw it on Sunday. So, like, there were already... The hype was already just... Hype is high. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. There's just so much talk about this movie. The reviews are out. They're overwhelmingly positive. I was expecting really good things. And I was ready to just enjoy it for something that's probably really good. That being said, again, I'm separating my bias. I don't... F- it's fine. I think it's okay. I don't think it's that great. I, I think, right. <laughs> Like, I think this movie... It thinks it's smarter than it is because, as you probably know, it's a detective movie. And those are great. I love detective movies. But this film specifically, I think, is trying to do other movies that are a little bit better and just put Batman in it. (laughs) And I already think that's a losing formula. It reminds me of Joker where it's like, let's take Taxi Driver and King of Comedy and and put the Joker in it. That's what that was. And we complained about that a few weeks ago when we were talking about Batman 66, you know, with Chris. I would rather have something completely original than you go, I'm going to take 50% of this, 20% of that, and a little bit of like uh, Batman the Long Halloween, which I'm starting to read right now. It's really good. Uh, (laughs) And and they did take a little bit of that uh, for this movie. And we're going to kind of like Frankenstein this and then try to give it our own twist. But really, it's like, look, this is the plot of one David Fincher movie the premise of a different David Fincher movie with Batman in it. That's what I think this is. All right. And I think those movies did it better. And it's unfortunate, but you shouldn't have, I think, again, a lot of people like it. You shouldn't have gone in going, we're going to remake a couple David Fincher's movies with Batman in it. <laughs> Here's the like, thing, though. On paper, that sounds cool. That <laughs> To sell a movie, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, if, if you come and you're like, hey, I'm going to do Daredevil, and it's going to be like... I don't know. Heat. 
That's ran- that's a random comparison, by the way. I just picked two movies. And maybe you're trying to sell it to a producer, and they're like, oh, I can see it. Like, that's like the pitch. Yeah, but don't go literally and do Heat. Do you know what I mean? Because The Dark Knight did Heat. There's a whole section in The Dark Knight that is clearly based off of Heat, mm-hmm. the interrogation scene. But yeah. you tell me that that feels derivative of anything. The Batman Joker interrogation scene in The Dark Knight. A little bit, but not like... It blows you out of the fucking water, I think. <laughs> you, oh, Sorry, I forgot. You think The Dark Knight's a little overrated. A little bit. <laughs> I, I might be the wrong person to talk to about that one. Sure, okay. <laughs> but that was the only example I could think of because I said Heat. Story-wise, I think this movie starts out very strong. The first half hour, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm starting to feel this. It's very focused, and then it kind of in the middle sputters out a little bit, and then it just kind of sizzles out at the end. I think the main problems come from that. It's the plot of the film. I don't okay. know where you fall with that. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'll admit, like, I didn't think the plot was anything like spectacular or anything like that. Like, I thought it was fun's not the right word, but it's a very easy word to use. I don't think this was fun. I didn't have fun. I, 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 I had fun. You had fun. I had fun just following along with it. Yeah, I had fun with the penguin. I thought he was a lot of fun. He was great. I do kind of wish he was the main villain. Which sequel, babe? <laughs> sort of. Um, again, I don't want to talk about it too much. Okay, we know... We know Penguin's in it. Penguin's in it. He was in the trailer. And we know uh, uh, Riddler's the the villain, right? Yeah. What do you think about Riddler? It's weird because... Is it the Gimp Mask? <laughs> because that's really weird. <laughs> the Gimp Mask is weird. Um, his mannerisms, I thought, were actually pretty good. I'm going to talk more about the Gimp Mask later <laughs> because <laughs> it's it, it's a little derivative of a thing that I, I'm already not mentioning, but let's right. go on. But um, I thought the character was great. I liked him. I didn't like his costume really at all. <laughs> no, it's a gimp mask. Yeah. So every and time I saw stupid. him, I was like, Ugh. like it. It looked disturbing, but I don't look. <laughs> Maybe not in the right way. Here, here's a minor spoiler. Actually, <laughs> if you think you're gonna go see this movie and maybe you're like, oh, he's gonna take off the gimp mask after a minute, we're barely gonna see it. No, no, no. You see a lot of it. Oh, it's on almost the whole time. <laughs> It's it's a bit much, is what I'm saying. But they also don't directly show him all that much, too. Because it's the Riddler, you know? He's not a yeah, yeah, fighter. Sure. Yeah. So I think overall, as a villain, I did enjoy... I enjoyed the performance. Again, there were issues with what I liked. Though. Like, it's like I everything I like, there's always like there's some pool with it. Uh, stuff yeah. I didn't like, and the Gimp Mask is one of them. I will say I like the character. And I think... It was a smart take on the Riddler mm-hmm. for the modern age. In the era of artificial intelligence and machine learning, it would be hard for the Riddler to stump anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the riddles that he employs... Some of them were pretty good, actually. Some of them are good, yeah. A and, lot better than we talked about in the previous movie. Yeah, and it's not one that... you know. It's not like, oh, let's ask... 50 people, one of them will get the riddle right. Or, like, let's put it in a computer and, and the computer will figure it out. It's a little bit more than that, isn't yeah, it? There is a bit of thinking involved with that. And I enjoyed that. There's almost some, like, escape room elements. Like, a little oh, bit. Now you got to go to a place. And now you got to find the key to, to do the, this other thing. Yeah. I really do like that. I think picking the Riddler was a good idea. And I think this movie did the Riddler pretty well. Especially yeah. since, like, and this isn't a spoiler because this was also in, like, everything leading up to the release. Like, this is an earlier Batman. This is his first movie. He hasn't been Batman too long. So this is kind of like his 
first real like rogues gallery type villain because before like he's just beating the shit out of like petty criminals yeah so yeah this batman's in uh his second year yeah it's a year two story it's a year two story by the way this is a a little side note pet peeve of mine i hate that people can't count and like so basically i've been seeing a lot of like oh batman after two years of being batman i'm like no, he's in year two, which means he's, he's been, been Batman, Batman for a year. one year. But you see it a Max lot of times. Max is actually guilty of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of people are. A lot of people will be like, turning 30, oh, I'm so excited for what my 30th year will bring. And I'm like, it's your 31st year because you're turning 30. Therefore, you've lived 30 years. You lived year zero. and Right. And now you're entering your 30th year. Anyway. But yeah, no, a lot of people will be like, oh, like... How is he still new if he's been do if he's been doing this for two years? Like, no, he started two years ago. Yeah, bless. Uh, he's well, in uh, year two. He started a year yeah. ago. Yeah, somewhere between one and two years. That's so, all I'm one saying. And two, yeah, like he pet peeve is what I'm saying. It's been less than two years. It's year two of him doing this. Right. Yeah. Anyway, little thing. I have a question for you. Yeah. So this movie is very much like a detective story in the style of like a lot of people have been making this comparison to Zodiac. Do you think this movie being PG-13 is more adult or less adult than Batman's last couple forays, which have been R-rated in Batman versus Superman, the ultimate cut, and Zack Snyder's Justice League? Adult in what way, though? Uh, what's the target audience? The target audience for this movie is probably adults. Do you see a child watching this movie? I don't think a child should be watching this movie. Well, I mean, it's PG-13. Children can go see right. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think thematically this one is a bit more adult i don't think a child could follow the plot no again this is kind of like a high like yeah, the, the violence is toned down a little bit but that's only because it's not rated r what's that's what i'm saying it's like the things about ratings it's like yeah yeah it is no, this it is, is a, toned this down. is a film for grown-ups i think a child could follow zag signer's justice league just fine and would not be able to follow this movie and i think the only things that make that movie adult are a little bit of blood and I guess Dark Side is scary. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, the rating system's weird. Yeah. I feel like this was more adult than any of that. And this one was... Well, I guarantee you the only reason why this one was PG-13 was to get more people in the theater. Oh, no, obviously. But it, I'm sure if, if Matt he, Reeves actually had full control, it'd be R-rated. Yeah. And there's a couple scenes where I was like, he'd be bleeding more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something's happened to Batman and there's not a, a lick of blood. And I'm like, yeah. this is bullshit. <laughs> oh, no, Philly, this absolutely should have been the R-rated Batman movie. Yeah, I'm saying tonally and like plot wise, like it tonally is it feels very R rated and like the plot is not something a child could follow. It, along it with. does feel like uh, Zodiac in in good ways. You I have think. to be paying attention, is what I'm saying. Yeah, to, yeah. Because there's a lot of clues. It's like a cop procedural. You get there's a lot of clues. A lot of it is it visual. Them, it takes them to a different place, and then they're like, "Well, what are the, what's this character's motivations? Mm -hmm. Like, what about this suspect? Oh, we got to go interrogate this other person." And sometimes you know, like, "Oh man, I'm interrogating the wrong person." It's like an episode of Law and Order is what I'm saying, and that's not for children. <laughs> yeah. Nothing this movie should be R-rated content-wise, but I just feel like it feels more like it's adult. It's the than most adult-feeling Batman movie I've seen. Insofar as I don't think any child could sit and just, like, enjoy this. They certainly couldn't figure out the riddles. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, you know, we were talking. I was talking about to a friend about Batman Forever. That's a family-friendly movie. The riddles are smart because they start out easy and then they end hard. You just got something for everybody. Yeah. Okay, here's something. <laughs> I guess. We're talking about the Riddler and his riddles. I still think 
that the best riddle I've ever heard is from Batman Forever. Which one? We are five little items of an everyday sort. You'll find us all in a tennis court. Uh, so good. It's the best riddle I've ever heard. I don't heard. remember the answer to that. Uh, it's vowels because a tennis court has all five vowels used once in order. Okay. It's a great riddle. Is all that I'm that saying. one is a good riddle. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard a better riddle. That's all I'm saying. Let's move on. <laughs> I so anyway, yeah, Riddler was was good. There were a lot of times in this movie that I was let down by this Batman. Is it the character or the acting that's the let character? Down? Okay. The character. I feel as if every iteration of a well-known character has the right to put its own spin on that character. Right. It's allowed to put its own stank on it. You know what I mean? That being said, how far can you move that character from where it's well known to the point where you're like, well, would that character do that? Do you know what I mean? Okay. It's like if you were to watch a new version of Sherlock Holmes and he's just like. Well, Sherlock Holmes has been transformed like. I know. Beyond recognition at times. Well, all Sherlock Holmes are at. They're smart. <laughs> like what my point is I, let me yeah finish. yeah what if that Sherlock Holmes was making stupid decisions you'd be like hold on a second well all right here's my counter to that because are you saying like this Batman kind of makes a lot of like mistakes and stuff like I, keep in mind he's very yeah. inexperienced yes okay and that's the thing I get it like I totally get it there were just times where I was like this doesn't feel like Batman would do that you know what I mean or this doesn't feel very Batman to me or like okay. I don't Look, I know. And at that point, I understand that I am being a little critical in a way that maybe the movie doesn't want me to be. You know what I mean? It's not as bad as Joker. Because the movie Joker completely redefines the entire character of Joker. Oh, That's... no. See, I like this movie and I fucking hated Joker. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this is still Batman. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying there were times where I was like, and we'll get to it specifically, but I was like, this doesn't feel like Batman. <laughs> well, Batman wouldn't do that. <laughs> and I can, I can tell you like six or seven times where I was like, that feels like a different character. He, here's something I can say without spoiling. Moon Knight. The character of Moon Knight is a ripoff of Batman. Everybody knows it. Yeah. The creators of Moon Knight have admitted to it. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Marvel analog copycat, right? That being said, I've been reading uh, the, the the same ones you've been reading. The Moon okay. Knight. I read another issue today, actually. I'm yeah, on like, I, issue like seven now. Oh, yeah, I think I'm on six. Okay. So that's neither here nor there. There are a <laughs> lot of things about Moon Knight, though that are made specifically to differentiate him from Batman. Mm-hmm. The irony here is that there were times in this movie where I was like, that's what Moon Knight would do, not Batman. <laughs> and I'll tell you specifically when we get into spoilers. Okay. But it's it's one of those things where I was like... I took a lot of it as like, this specific iteration of Batman Bruce Wayne still has room to grow. To grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if we're... A lot of people want to compare it to the Nolan films, which I feel like isn't a fair comparison yet. I think it's pretty fair, actually. Maybe if you're comparing it to just Batman Begins. I feel like the <laughs> Nolan movies did what this wanted to do. They're like, oh, we're going to make a more gritty, realistic Batman. That's the Nolan I think movies. they went too realistic. What? Like, at the time, I loved it. But looking back, yeah. like, he might have gone too realistic No, I completely it. agree. It's a great take on Batman. But that Batman, remember, was trained by assassins. Apparently, he's like a super genius. But that's what Batman is, though. Batman <sighs> is a super genius. Right. Genius but... level intellect. Again, this this Batman, how old is this Batman? Like 20? I think he's 28. 28? Is he like my age? 
Are you 28? I am. Well, then, yes. Well, I mean, like... <laughs> Robert Pattinson's like 30-something. Okay. But, uh, that kind of tracks. Okay. Uh, yeah, but this Batman is specifically 28 because it's been 20 years since he was eight years old when his parents died. Okay. Yeah. I can't give, like, the, the too young thing, but I can say the too inexperienced He's thing. young at being Batman. Yeah. Sure. Look, I get it. I get it. I just here's the thing. I don't want to wait three movies before I'm like, oh, now he's Batman. Spider Man did it. No, Spider Man <laughs> did it in some some ways, but he was still Spider Man on day one. We met him in Civil War. That's Spider Man. You know what I mean? And and as he went on, you're like, yep. A lot of people like to say he was Iron Man Junior. Well, those people are dumb. I think. <laughs> the, okay, but that those little things like the Iron Man Junior bits, yes, that took three movies to develop, and then he became the classic the Spider-Man. Spider-Man we know. Right. This Batman isn't there yet either, though. That's that's what I'm saying. It's not a one to one like comparison, but it's similar. Okay, here's the thing. I I think you want to compare it to Batman Begins. Oh, actually, you said you don't want to compare it to Batman Begins. Well, if I, uh, if I, you were to compare it to a Nolan movie, I think Batman Begins sure. is the fair one to do it, not I, the Dark Knight, which is apparently the pinnacle of cinema. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Anyway, I think by the end of Batman Begins, I'm like, that's Batman. Like, that's... He, he's doing it. He's doing Batman. You know what I mean? All right. We'll get to specifics later. Let's Because it's it's hard to tiptoe around it. Do yeah. you have anything else in non-spoilers before we move on? Let me look at my notes that I typed up on my... Wow. This is the first time Berto's typed notes. It's been a year and like a half of making this Should podcast. <laughs> and suddenly he's bringing notes to the table. Um. Yeah, a lot of the other stuff I have to say kind of has something to do with what's going on in the movie. So, all right, cool. Let's talk to the chat for a second. Oh, that was one of my things. Uh, the Gotham in this movie feels a lot more lived in than the Nolan one. The Nolan one feels like it's like, hey, this is real life New Jersey, but like this Gotham has like that Gotham feel to. I don't, it, it's more gothic. It's more. It feels comic booky, but at the same time, kind of like a real place. I does that make sense? Kind of. It just feels like a shitty city. And I felt like it was trying to be New York. It just felt like New York. Hell's Kitchen. It, it felt like the <laughs> grim and grimy parts of New York. Not dissimilar to like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that we've seen. Or like a Daredevil. Okay, you know? Do you know what fair. I mean? That's es- fair. Especially with like some landmarks that they just like just call Gotham. But that's clearly from New York. Even though they didn't film it there. It's clearly like a reference to New York City. You know what I mean? New York inspired. <laughs> Look, there's a Times Square and there's a Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I did think the Times Square thing was a little weird. So, I, but that's it. That's the only part of the city I thought was a little weird. Okay. Well, anyway, let's 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 still keep... better than Nolan's Gotham. Sure. Okay. Spoilers. Let's break this down like we usually would in terms of story, action, cinematography, acting, those categories. Let's start story-wise. I have... You want to go first, actually? Because... What? I, like, I don't know. Story. Do you have... Am I going to talk about the story different than you are? Um, Like, I don't know. Do you want me to go? You can go. You go. <laughs> you go. It's a detective story, and it's kind of over-convoluted, right? But here's a counter to that. There's always a counter, right? A detective story should be convoluted. It should be kind of hard to follow, you know? Yeah, like... Well, for the viewer as well, 
a maybe little, a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. When you make a movie, you have to make the viewer feel like they are the main character. Like they are not just watching what's happening, they're living what's happening. Like I'm going to solve this alongside Batman. Like, they, if they're confused, you should be a little confused yeah. too. You know, a lot of people this might movie not did like no that. Kid job with that. Yeah, it's like you have to make the riddles, for example, hard enough that most people couldn't solve it, but not impossible. But not impossible, and also like. You should be impressed when Batman solves it. You shouldn't be like, it's obviously this. Yeah. You know what I mean? There were some riddles where I was like, Batman, come the fuck on. Well, I liked that there was one specific one that he was having trouble solving. We're talking it, about the, the, the... It might be the... The Spanish one? Yeah. Okay. My Here's my big hang up with that is that El Rata Alada is kind of a complex Spanish word. Right. Right. So for someone to know what that means, but they don't understand L and law is bullshit. In that case, you should have kind of points that out. He does, which I'm kind of glad. I'm like, oh, He's like what is this guy? Stupid. They're like lampshading this. <laughs> thing, right. And then it had to do with like the URL. Right. But yeah, at the same yeah. time, it's like, what? <laughs> because it's not a very common thing. And, and it's complex no. because if you speak Spanish, uh, it, it means winged. Like a winged beast, right? Yeah. Which happens to have an analog in English, but any word in Spanish can be changed to mean the condition of having. So, like, alada means like the condition of having wings, mm-hmm. right? So, like, uh, rata alada is a, a rat who has wings. Like, right? that's a literal translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you can do that with a lot of words. So, it's more about understanding the, the rule of conjugating. More mm. so than knowing that word specifically. If you told me that word out of context, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what word that is. You're just right. like, what does a lot of that mean? I'm like, I don't know. Well, when he was trying <laughs> to solve that, though, I will say the first thing I thought of was a bat. But that's the thing. A rat with wings. His first assumption should have been bat. Well, <sighs> he's Batman. In their world, though, when they thought rat, they were thinking like, okay. You know, like a criminal rat. No, right. And that ended and, and up being, I And I get that. And that's the thing. Riddles aren't literal. They have multiple meanings. Yeah. You have to think outside the box, right? So, yeah, it's perfect that he didn't mean a rat with wings is a bat. He meant it's a person with wings, sort of, who's also a rat. He's a snitch, yeah. right? However, the fact that, like, 30 minutes after reading this riddle, they're like, oh, my God, what about a bat? That's where I'm like, seriously, that should have been your first. Like, I'm I'm fine that that wasn't the correct answer, you right. know, but because, yeah, you, you should have to think about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's a riddle. But at the same time, it's like that should have been your first. People call bats rats with wings all the time. It's a flying rodent, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, that should have no, that, been. That's why it's the first thing I thought of. But, like, I also get in the context of the movie why he was pursuing something different. Well, that's why I think he should have thought Batman first and then been like, oh, wait, no, we're wrong. Like reverse it. Yeah. And then go and then find Falcone or whatever, which, by the way, they mispronounced Falcone the entire movie just so that they can call it Falcon, which I'm like, cool. That's not that character's name, but that's fine. (laughs) I've heard him called Falcone by like other people, too, though. Like it's Falcone in like in the Nolan movies. I know. That's why I'm like, I'm I don't, just saying it's always the, Falcone. The Nolan movies are also like, hey, let's make things like this is the Falcone family because that's a real Italian name. Ugh. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't have an issue with that. It's a small. OK, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's Batman and he R- should be a little bit smarter than that. And that's the thing where I'm like, so there were other times where I'm like, bro, this you're not being smart. Maybe like these are dumb decisions. That maybe you're this leads to him being a smarter Batman, a smarter vigilante, <laughs> a smarter person overall. You know, lessons learned. Okay. 
Uh, sure, I'll give you that. <laughs> Overall story, I think, though, the whole like detective story is a lot of fun. Those movies are fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But they have to have a payoff at the end. And this movie has no payoff at the end, I think. I think this movie completely fizzles well, out at the end. The villain kind of wins. And that's not... The villain does win. Okay, so what I was saying earlier <laughs> about wh- which David Fincher movies I'm talking about, mm. the premise is Zodiac. Yeah. Right? Because the Zodiac Killer, first of all, the costume is based on the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Uh, Riddler's costume. And also, he used ciphers. All his like little clues had all these random ciphers that they had to like which, put in a computer and they had to figure out and all this which stuff, right? Is something I could see like a modern day Riddler doing. Sure. Ciphers are like, that's a yeah. thing. Sure. <laughs> that's not the problem. And at first I was like, I was confused because I was like, they just he just gave him the answer. What? And then it's revealed that like as Alfred is trying to work the cipher, he's like, well, yeah. it doesn't make total sense because we don't have all these other symbols. And right. That you, was the you clue. You need more information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All that's cool. But the plot is seven. It's the plot of the movie seven (laughs) where you've got two detectives and they're going murder by murder, solving all the clues, trying to put together. Really, they're walking into the guy's trap and they know it. Right. Then the villain gets himself caught on purpose because his final plan is already in motion. And now he wants to be beside the detectives that he's purposefully torturing in order to witness his grand plan all at the same There's time. a little bit of a spin on that in this, in that he genuinely thought Batman was on his side. Okay, sure. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but there's a huge payoff in that movie. There is this fucking, like, scene-eating moment where Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are going fucking crazy. They're acting their hearts out. It's written so, so well. What's in the box? You know? That is iconic. And it it ties the whole movie up together. And then you would sit there and say, I would watch five hours of this movie if it ends like this. That's how good seven is. That doesn't happen here. At the end of this movie, it just kind of ends. What? Like what? Well, all right. Oh, hang on. Hang on. The movie ends with Batman finally becoming a hero. Hang on. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It absolutely it, does. It, it ends with with him sort of saving people. Those people were not in peril at all. Everybody was about to get electrocuted to death. He doesn't do any... Okay, okay, okay. He hold cuts on, hold on. the wire like you do in the Arkham games. Why, <laughs> why doesn't he cut the wire below him? Uh, movie cause, movie drama. Because stu- he's stupid. That's why, because Batman's stupid because in this movie. Because the script said so, and you can say that about almost any movie okay. that we love. You ho- okay, he's like got that. the knife with his right hand. He's holding the wire with his left hand, and he cuts it above his left. Just cut it one foot lower, and then you don't fall down, presumably to your death, right? <laughs> and then everything's fine. What Caleb's right. He learns to be hope and not vengeance, and that is said when they ask the fucking what you called the redditor what he was oh and yeah he said that he's vengeance <laughs> the end of this movie is uh batman versus redditors <laughs> it's batman versus fucking armed assailants they're imbeciles with guns is what they are they were pretty fucking successful no they didn't kill that lady they didn't they, kill her but he they missed. got a fucking shot off on her yeah they're not trained assassins but they were very much a threat and it's that was Bat- so realistic that it was kind of scary well, because yeah, shit like that but who wants to see batman versus q and honors I was fine with it. I, I'm I sorry. It. That's not a Batman villain. Like, that's not a Batman level threat, okay? It's a higher threat than a street mugging, which Batman stops all the fucking time. I don't... Mm-hmm. Okay, those people, <laughs> they were not in any peril. 
They were just sitting there. And it's not like Batman was like, I found the way out or anything like that. He gets there. He moves like one pylon. He's like, move this thing (sighs) over. And then everyone's like, now what? And he's like, follow me, I guess. And they slowly walk out. And then they go up to the roof. Yeah, and he helps with the evac. Okay. It ends with Batman being hopeful and not a symbol of fear anymore. I do want to talk. Okay, I want to talk about that. So thematically, there's a payoff. Did it fall a little flat? Sure. I want to. You know, no. But we're talking about story, and I want to get into those themes because I agree with you to some extent. There are thousands of people probably dying right now because the Riddler has successfully flooded the entire goddamn city. This is a humanitarian crisis, right? And you're supposed to be proud of Batman for putting one person in a stretcher. Because that's hold on, hold on. Did. That's all they showed, but exactly. there's implications there. What are the... Mm, okay, hold on. He's helping with the humanitarian relief. And I guarantee you, as Bruce Wayne, he, he put a shit ton of money towards sure. the Gotham relief. Off screen. So he <laughs> should have maybe stopped the threat in the first place. And I'm perfectly fine with the villain winning. Again, they're doing the plot of seven. The villain wins at the end, but it's satisfying. And in this... Not even a little bit. There is no satisfying conclusion to Batman versus the Riddler in this. They have a final confrontation, but Batman just stands there and the Riddler just kind of talks to him for a minute. And then Batman yells at him, what did you do? And then he runs away to go right, save I think the day. You missed shit in that scene because that's the scene where Batman realized he was a pawn this whole time. Those riddles, they weren't just riddles like, oh, catch me, Batman. They were fucking instructions on what Batman needs to do next. Okay. And Batman followed so, him. Seven. It's seven. It's seven. But like it was. But seven ended well. It ended amazingly. I this ended fine. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. He says it's fine. Fine as in like that. It wasn't a bad ending by I'm, any means. Okay. I'm sorry. Like I sat through two and a half hours of a detective procedural, which is good. Don't get me wrong. That's a good formula. But when it ends, it just feels like, you know, you lit the firecracker and it just, oh, that, that one's a dud. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't, nothing happens at the end is what I'm saying. I literally turned over because Sable, this was her second viewing. And I look at her and I'm like, is there more to this movie? Because I honestly felt this isn't the end. This is like the setup to the third act. You know, the beginning of the third act was like, oh, shit, now we got to go and something else was going to happen. I thought there was going to be something and then the movie ends. Okay, so answer me this. What would happen if Batman just stayed home at the end? Well, that woman would have been killed. Okay. Absolutely. What about, okay, so there's. The the mayor would have been killed. No, the mayor got saved by Jim Gordon. Because Batman was fighting the people shooting. Catwoman was there too. <laughs> Catwoman <laughs> only went there because Batman was there. I think it movie would... Okay, okay, hold on, hold Batman on. Batman was necessary. Can we agree a bunch of other people died off screen because the whole fucking city's flooded? Yes. Okay, so... There's if, nothing anybody could have done so about that. So if Batman had stayed home, then like three more people might have died, is what you're saying. Uh, there was way more than three people in that Dude, little expo there center. Was, there Come was on, like man. 20. I'm Come sorry. On. There was, uh, I mean, you see the scene where it's, it's top down. It's a good shot. Don't get me wrong. It's a good shot. There's the cinema and we're going to get to cinematography. It's fantastic. But the cinematography is trying to tell you how to feel, but the content is not there. I feel it's similar to Joker in that where the cinematography in Joker tries to like it demonstrates joker in such a light that you're supposed to go like oh what an intriguing character whatever but he hasn't done anything intriguing yet do you see what i'm saying no it's not a good pairing (laughs) so anyway i think if batman had stayed home everything would have happened exactly if batman stayed home another like maybe 100 people would have died 
including the mayor of Gotham, the newly mayor elect the Gotham. So let's say and possibly Jim Gordon. So let's say five thousand people died. Five thousand and and one hundred people would have died of Batman. Are you saying those people don't matter? I'm of course because Batman thinks they matter, and yeah. that's why he's now a symbol of hope I, for Gotham. Okay, of course <laughs> they matter. Every human life matters, but that's not a Batman level impact i think i think batman should have had more to do because he didn't have that much to do at the end of the movie he gets rung around a lot like a fucking rag doll metaphorically speaking because to your point yeah they sevened it right he was a cog in riddler's plan the entire time he walked right in, right into his trap that's fine but i kind of wanted shouldn't batman just kind of get the better of him at the end he's batman he's new batman he's still new you know what this movie is? He's not experienced. Like I... you, you know, you know, you know. This movie is a detective movie, right? Right. It's a detective movie insofar as it's not like, oh, you know how Batman's a detective, but he's also Batman. This Batman's just a detective. He's just like a regular cop with a notepad and a fucking phone and a desk. That's how I feel. I feel like it's a it's a regular police officer wearing a Batman costume mm. because he just it's this whole movie is him and Jim Gordon playing buddy cop and. That would be fine if it weren't the entire movie. If it was half the movie and the other half of the movie is Batman doing Batman stuff, that would be a fucking amazing Batman movie. But it is Batman being just a detective. It's Batman being a vigilante slash detective. It's... Mm, okay. Vigilante in move. like an actual vigilante, not superhero. <laughs> I think it's not move. a superhero movie. It's a ba- vigilante okay. movie. Batman's a superhero. Not he at is, this point, he's not. He, Batman is not just a vigilante. He's a superhero he's at the end of this movie hero. when he becomes a symbol of hope. And he's not... <laughs> we're getting into the themes. He's not just a superhero <laughs> because obviously he doesn't have superpowers. He's a superhero because of his unbreakable will. I didn't see his will break in this. Oh. He got knocked down. You know what? He got back up. He stabbed himself with... <laughs> the lyrics! <laughs> I thought that he was got a knocked down, but he, he got up again. He'll never get any... How does it go? <laughs> You're never going to keep him down? Yeah! <laughs> I get knocked out. <laughs> no, he got knocked the fuck out, yes. But you know what he did when he saw that Selena was in danger? He fucking pulled out what looked like... Actually, it kind of looked like Venom that he injected himself with. That was, was a, interesting. It was adrenaline. I think adrenaline's neon green. Venom uh, is. I guess it was neon green. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, I'm, I, I read it as just like uh, And it adrenaline. made him really, like, violent. I don't sure. know. Maybe maybe we'll get a comic actor Bane. Bane. Uh, not... I want to put a pin on that because I, if they make more of these movies, I'm like, what villains are you going to use? You're stuck with the same villains Nolan did because he, he was a gritty, realistic Batman. So now what? I think they could do a pretty good... Can't um, do Poison Ivy. They can't do Two-Face. They can't do... They could do... Uh, they already did Two-Face like that. You know what I mean? They can do... Ooh, do I'd, like face? To, I'd like to... <laughs> Clayface would be interesting. I'd like to see a Mr. Freeze in this universe. And even that's like that's borderline. It's, it's borderline. It's very science, but fiction-y. it could be very fucking good. And the other one is, do you know who the Court of Owls are? Okay, yes, I know the Court. The Court of Owls and Court of Owls and City of Owls are my favorite Batman stories. I've read that it a few times. Could fit very well. They just this. did it. The Riddlers of the Court of Owls. They just fucking did it. The mm-hmm. only, hold on. The only difference is that Court of Owls are rich and the Riddlers are poor. That's it. The whole reveal of the Court of Owls, it's a bunch of people that are secretly behind the scenes doing all this shit. Right. They just did that with Riddler. There's a team of Riddlers at the end. 
There's a social media of Riddlers. Someone having a fringe following is much different from a secret society slash cult that has existed for a long time and actually has control over things that happen. But the mechanics are the same. Similar. Adjacent. Adjacent. (laughs) My point is... It wouldn't be a surprise anymore because you mechanically already did the Court of What if you found out Thomas and Martha Wayne were members of the Court of Owl? Uh, okay, I want to talk about Thomas and Martha Wayne. Let's move on because we, we're, we're, <laughs> we're stuck on this. So at the end, okay. oh, we, we're going to talk circles. <laughs> yes. So so I feel as if this story fizzles out and it, it's the third act is very weak and you don't. Right. Correct. Let's move on. I He's a symbol of hope. All right. This movie starts out as a noir, like a straight up crime noir. And I really like that angle, except that it abandons it about 15 minutes into the movie. Uh, I think most of the movie kind of follows that path. <laughs> I think it continues being one insofar as it is a detective story and crime noir movies are detective stories. And then all those other elements are just kind of like, yeah, whatever, we're not going to do with that Do you anymore. mean like in the sense of like just the way it's like, like how we saw Riddler hunting the his target at the beginning and stuff like, yeah, like that. I do wish we got a little bit more of that, but also, like, how how would we have gotten more of that? I would have loved voiceover the entire movie. I think that would have been smart. And I'm not the kind of person that likes voiceovers. We got that a couple more times with Batman's journal. At the very end. I think Um, there was one more time, at least. It just, it was very little, is what I'm saying. And I was, that was what I was really excited about when the movie started. I was like, oh, you know what? This reads a lot like a Batman comic. Because... Batman is very verbose in comics, inner monologue. He's Mm. very quiet, speaking-wise, right? But it's just pages and pages of him thinking out loud, and you get to read all of that. I think it would have been a little too ballsy for them to do that voiceover the entire movie. I don't know. It just starts and kind of stops, and then I'm like, oh. And then at the end, he's like, yeah, Gotham sucks now. Come see the next movie for more. I'm like, great. That's an oversimplification. No. Um... (laughs) We talked about how this movie's kind of slowish. We talked about how it was longish. It's a it's right. a slow burn type story. So here's here's where you can cut time off. Batman spends a lot of time standing around and walking very slowly. The camera lingers on that a lot, and I get it. It, it, it looks get, good. It of course it looks. It looks good. good. It looks good. Like I get, I get it too. It gets boring after a little bit they, they do it maybe one or two too many times he just but he he just kind of stands a lot in this movie. i his first appearance in the movie though when he's coming out of the shadows in the subway station that was good that was very good it was very slow and also he i kind of laughed at that do you know why why because he goes here's the line because i remember because i thought it was funny i thought it was good and then it becomes funny he goes i'm not in the shadows I am the shadows. And I was like, ooh. That sounds like the most Batman thing that anybody uh, could say. I know. (laughs) I I was like, ooh, goosebumps. Yeah. And then he slowly walks out of the shadows to a bunch of teenagers pointing their fucking camera phones at him. I thought they had knives. No, one was just like recording him. Oh. And he's just like, he just stands there. Like Batman doesn't do that. He's instilling fear. You know what's not scary? Watching a YouTube video of Batman, like, I don't know, dude. Batman would have thrown a batarang. Also, he doesn't have batarangs in this. He would have thrown a batarang as a phone. No, that's a knife. He throws it like it's a batarang. When does he throw that? I think he throws it at... I think I saw him throw it. He goes like that, and he goes like... No, he cuts the cable. He does keep it in his chest, though. Yeah, it's the chest piece. It's it's a cool... It is actually... It looks really cool when he does it. It looks cool. 
anyway, he's just I, look. He just stands around a lot, is what I'm saying. Okay. And he walks very slowly, and he's very present. And that's what I was gonna get to about the whole Moon Knight thing. You know, that's the, a Moon Knight thing to do. Moon Knight, and he says this a lot of times. And in, in the comic we're reading, because it's like an issue one, you, it, the comic reintroduces you to Moon Knight for people who don't know who he is, right? Like us. My first Moon Knight comic. Well, I read the first one. I thought it was whatever, and then I skipped to this. Okay. Moon Knight straight up tells you, Hawkeye makes fun of me because I wear all white. He thinks I should wear black. That way I can't be seen. But I don't care about not being seen. I want them to see me. I want them to know I'm here. And then in the very first Moon Knight issue, he goes to a, a club. He fucking knocks on the front door. He walks in. And he goes, go eat your boss. Tell your boss I'm on his way up to kick his ass. And he walks Batman upstairs. Literally does that. He literally does that. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, what that's the fuck that you're Moon Knight? Well, he, at this point, he lost his patience. No, it's, it, that's at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he, he he's like, I need I'm, to fucking go in. They're like, no. And he's like, I'm fucking going in. Shouldn't Batman, like, sneak in? You keep thinking about, like, this experienced Batman that already knows all this shit. He, this guy isn't it. Okay. And okay. it made it very clear that he wasn't. I'll give you a counter to the thing I just said. How about that? I saw this take on Twitter, and it, and it makes perfect sense. Uh, within the movie, Batman goes to the same place three times. The first time as Batman, he brute forces his way in, not very successfully. Right. right? Because at, at one point, there's a bunch of guns pointed at him. He could have died. He got lucky. Yeah. Penguin is like, just calm down and let's talk. Right. Second time he goes in as Bruce Wayne and he realizes he finessed his way in because he went as Bruce, not as Batman. He went as Bruce Wayne and he was taken straight to Falcone because he's Bruce Wayne. Learning experience. Sure. That's fine. The third time he goes, he goes as Batman, and he's doing the sneaking around, right? Cool. There's a whole little mini arc there. But I feel like it should have started out higher than knock, knock, Batman's here. Do you see what I'm saying? And also, this I is a- I like that he makes mistakes. I like that's that. That's not a mistake. That's, that's a stupid. Mistake. That, mistakes are stupid. That No, that is stupid. And, and okay, this is a Batman that's not too concerned about his identity either. Because he goes in- he talks to the two guards and he's like, do you know who I am? And they're like, I guess you're Batman. And then like the next day, how much time has passed? A day or two? He goes as Bruce Wayne, knocks on the door, sees the same two fucking guards and he goes, do you know who I am? <laughs> like, bro, they're probably like, I'm having deja vu. Are you? Ba Wait a second. <laughs> Are you Batman? <laughs> hey, guys, I think Bruce Wayne's Batman. <laughs> Just got kind of like. <laughs> Let me cover up the top half People of your don't face. Fucking do that. Though. This is from the Jimmy Skim Jimmy Kimmel skit where he's just like, "Wait a second. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, I think he's a bad Batman. Uh, <laughs> I think he's supposed to be a bad Batman. Like, I'm okay with Batman failing, and I think Batman Begins did that really well. But he's still not a bad Batman in Batman Begins. He's still an impressive Batman. He's fucking like sword fighting, and he's outsmarting everyone, and he's. He does the whole Bruce Wayne thing good, and I and I'm fine with him not doing Bruce Wayne here. Wait, yet. isn't that why everybody hated Ray from Star Wars because she got real good at everything a little too quickly? But I mean, I'm not. I don't dislike I, Ray. I don't dislike Ray either. <laughs> so that but. was. But there's a there's a bottom. There's like there's a floor. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like the floor was too low, and anybody could have been Batman. I feel like this version of Batman just it doesn't seem special. And again, I think that's something I like. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the... You were talking about thematically. He goes from vengeance to hope. Yes. That's fine. Okay. And I, and I think that's clearly what the movie was intending to do, and it did it. I would argue, is Batman a symbol of hope? Hang on, don't you love the Dark Knight? <laughs> okay. In the Dark Knight, 
he knows that he cannot be a symbol of hope because he's the Dark Knight. He doesn't want to be Batman. He puts all the all chips in on Harvey Dent because Harvey Dent can be the White Knight. He can be the people that people can actually believe in because he's not a vigilante. And then late, and then by the end of the movie, he realizes he needs to be the hero that takes the blow and none of the credit. Does yes. that sound hopeful to you? Well, and then in the very next movie, they realize, well, that was a mistake. Okay, by the <laughs> by the end of the third movie, when he saves Gotham from the nuclear bomb, now they make a fucking statue of him, and now he's a symbol of hope. But like, I feel as if. Batman doesn't usually intend to be a symbol of hope. Now, don't get me wrong. Even in Batman Begins, he straight up says it. He goes, people need hope, right? Right. But he also finishes that conversation going like, I need to be a symbol of fear. To instill fear in those who would think that, they, that they're not fearful. Or, uh, I forget Here's what he says. Thing, you can be a symbol of hope for the good people. And still instill fear into the people that are bad. Look, You're the, just not literally just known as, oh, the Batman. He's a fucking bad guy. He's a you know? bad guy. Your uh, boss is a bad guy. <laughs> There's something towards the end there. And the way that they kind of like, again, the cinematography and the way the film is made. It's, it's made to kind of show Batman being a hero. He's carrying people. He's helping people. And that would be great if he actually saved the day. But he didn't. The whole city is fucked. And then... This is juxtaposed, by the way, with a voiceover of Batman saying the city is fucked and crime's going to get worse and there's going to be looting and I've got a lot of work to do now. So I feel like the content of what's happening. Yeah, so now he's going to be the Batman that we know. Okay, thank you. I feel like the content is detracting a little bit from that. You know what I mean? Maybe a little bit, but it wasn't. And for I didn't the, see it as a bad look, thing. For those reasons, that just didn't that doesn't hit with me. Like it doesn't hit me like, oh, here's Batman, here's a symbol of hope. Look how everyone's proud of him. Like that seems like a Superman thing to do. And sure, Bat, of course Batman can save people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, then that's fine. It's just like they make fun of him being vengeance this whole movie. Like he gets made fun of a lot. I like that actually. They just called him hey, vengeance. Yeah, because I guess he goes around being like, hey, I'm vengeance. But like that kind of takes away like the aura of Batman where it's like, oh, we're just going to make fun of him now, like for being moody and brooding, you know? We do that in real life all the fucking but time. Batman isn't real in real life. <laughs> if we lived in a world where Batman was real, we wouldn't, we'd probably be looking up to him. We'd be like, yeah, man. Yeah, he's you're out a, there. You're a symbol of hope. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> do you want to talk? What, what can we talk about? <laughs> We're moving around a lot. Um, uh, do you want to talk about he, okay that oh, character reveal that we weren't too fond of? Let's do that next. Let's talk about Riddler okay. and, and real quick. Oh yeah. Well, we haven't talked about Catwoman yet either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fucking dweeb, the Riddler, and I like the character, but I f I cannot stand the whole anonymous hacker fanboy bit that he's doing with the camera. <laughs> do you know what I mean? A little bit. Like, uh, it, it looks like he's trying to be TikTok tough guy cringe. I think that's who his character was. He is. But he's, but he's like a genius, though. But the part where he's just like, Gotham, and he's like moving his head around the frame. and He's like, doing what he thinks is threatening. But it's cringy. To us, yes. To the people in that world, probably yes as well. But he's <laughs> killing people. So I, that kind of. Okay, uh, but I don't <laughs> want. TikTok cringe. That's the world we live Riddler. in. But this is a movie. <laughs> like, and I know right, a lot. And it's going to take inspiration Look, from the current times. Yes, and, and this movie has a lot of like real world stuff. 
and, and I'll call out some stuff I love. You know, you've got the Black Mayor. There's also when um, Batman says something to Catwoman, and, she, and then she goes, you're rich. <laughs> oh, oh, because <laughs> um, Batman blames Anika for getting involved with crime. And he was like, that's what a rich person would say. Because yeah. if you think it's a choice for her to be there, it's it's not. Right. She's forced into it, basically. Her circumstances dictate it because this is Gotham City and it sucks. Love mm. that. Again, the villains of this movie is QAnon, basically. But just because like that's the world we're living in doesn't mean I want a TikTok villain. You know what I mean? And the thing is, it's just that one bit when he's doing the thing with the camera because yeah. the rest of his character is great, I think. And overall, he feels very threatening, even though he's not like an imposing person. And yeah, he, yeah. he even tells Batman, he's like, yeah, I'm not physical. I can't do that stuff. For sure. I love that. I like the funeral scene with the collar bomb. At that first, was, I was a very good scene. At first, I was like, oh, they're doing a collar bomb. Like, we've seen this a million times. But then I was like, oh, you know, if, if it's fine. It works. You know, they're again, they're pulling from real real life situations. Mm-hmm. The collar bomb is a real thing. If you haven't, like, looked into the collar bomb. They're frightening. Case. An amazing case. Like, that, it, it's something that still isn't solved the guy who was strapped into a collar bomb and then told to like rob a bank and they blew his fucking face off. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been many movies using that concept too. And Oh, in the chat, they're talking about, um, the Batmobile Batmobile. No, no, no. Well, they are talking about the Batmobile, but they're also talking about, um, Bruce Wayne's cars. Bruce Wayne drives a sixties black Corvette stingray in this movie. And that is one of my favorite cars. And I think it's beautiful. I love it in this film. Um, it's also probably not the car a billionaire would drive because it's not that expensive. Well, but Bruce Wayne, at least this Bruce Wayne seems to be like not really wanting to take in that billionaire role. Sure. Yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, he still drove the Corvette. You know but, what I mean? And maybe, I mean it was yeah, a, yeah. maybe it was his dad's, you know, whatever. I'm pretty sure like in, in Batman versus Superman, he drives a Jaguar or an Aston Martin from like the 60s and equally he's, he's like a classic car guy yeah, equally beautiful car except that it's like way more expensive yeah like he's worth like, like a jay leno type when it comes to yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah worth like 20 of those uh, of the corvette but i love the corvette i was like i i looked at sable i was like that's my favorite car of all time like if wow we, i mean it's one it's up there anyway you like classic muscle that much i no i love corvette okay uh, yeah, yeah yeah um I'm on the fence with the newest one. Uh, it's rear engine. I don't want to get into it. This is off topic. But, I like Japanese cars. But I'm a that, Tokyo Drift guy. Oh, but the first the first <laughs> Corvette Stingray in black. That's just it's beautiful. Uh, also, Batman is hugging the man with the collar bomb as it counts down to zero. That was stupid. <laughs> you know the thing is, and I get it. He you know he he's out for every life. Yeah, it's all important to him. But let's be smart. The countdowns to five. And the guy wearing the bomb is, is still like in front of you, like in your face. Well, he's also like, I'm going to die. I've made peace with it. Yeah. As he, long as my family gets to live, yeah. that's fine. If I if I rat them out, they're going to go after my family and we're all going to die. So it's whatever. Batman should have ran off at that point. Five seconds left, run away. Like, cut your loss. To yeah. Because a bomb explodes in Batman's face and he's fine. <laughs> Bottom half of his face, nothing. Not a scratch. I'm like, okay. That was stupid. Anyway. <laughs> But that funeral scene was very oh, good. Oh, Blake. Yes, I know the car you're thinking of, but Chris Tucker's black Stingray is the next generation Stingray. That's a 70s Stingray. And Bruce Wayne drives a 60s Stingray. Arnaldo knows a lot about Stingrays. Listen, they're both very beautiful cars, but they are different. They're not the same car. Wait, is that um, the one that Chris Tucker... No, he doesn't blow up his car. He blows up somebody else's car. I don't remember. With all the C4 in the trunk. I'm thinking about a different car completely. Uh, but it's a C3 Corvette compared to a C2 Corvette. It's a whole 
it's a whole thing. Um, no, but I like the funeral scene. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Catwoman. How do you feel about this uh, interpretation? I thought, was, I thought she was great. I thought she was good, too. Um, the romance with her and Bruce felt a little forced. You Okay. I meant to ask you this. Do they have chemistry? Not really. It seems like... All right. For, <laughs> It seems like she's throughout most of the movie. She's way more into him, and he's kind of like aloof. Yeah, which is she? That just was u- probably intentional. Is she just using him? That's possible too, knowing how yeah Catwoman is. is. Right, right. right. Um, I couldn't tell you, but it seemed like towards the end he was kind of getting into her a little bit. I, uh-huh. but the chemistry with them together, I didn't really see it. I also don't know if it was really supposed to be there because it's not really a romance. Well, here's the thing. It's in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's it's a big chunk of it. It's not like it's just one, two scenes. It's like they get like a good half hour together. Like it's a lot of screen time. Right. And it's too much screen time for them to have zero chemistry. I love Zoe Kravitz in this. I think she did a great job. But like in her scenes with Batman, it's Zoe talking to a plank of wood. You know, and, and it might be Batman's character and it might be what's on the page. I it's think like, it was the character because some of it was like kind of funny and I felt like it was scripted that way. Like when he's like totally oblivious, he's like, uh, uh, look, look at me. And he's like looking at her eyes and stuff. And she's like, uh, and he's like, okay, those look good. And the contact lens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that. So what, that kind of makes me feel like all of that was intentional and that he's not really supposed to, like maybe he's not good with women. No, of course he's not. He's a recluse. No, uh, like, I, of course not. He's, he's not good with women. But if you're going to try to sell me this romance, then I think by the end of the movie, he needs to be into her. And I didn't I think he was like kind of interested. I didn't get that. At all. He was giving her like those like it wasn't like to her, though. It was like after she was like when she was leaving and he like looked back and like like stuff like that. Fleeting glances. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not it's not enough for a subplot in a big movie. Like, I'm well, sorry. It was barely a subplot. Though. No, that it was, was the character. It kind the, of all it right. was like character quirks, honestly. It wasn't part of the story in any way. It's a lot of this movie is Batman and Catwoman together. Yes, but not Batman and Catwoman together. Pattinson's eyes did most of the acting in this movie. Yeah, because he has not that many lines. <laughs> like, let's we're going to get to acting. There's a couple more things story-wise I want to talk about before we move on to some other things that's going to take a lot less time anyway. I think there's a lot of twists in this movie that then get immediately undone. And that's a huge pet peeve of mine because it just feels like you're just filling for time. You know? There's a part where Batman and Gordon, he's with a bunch of cops, and the commissioner gets there, and the commissioner's like, he needs to get the fuck out of here. This is not okay. And then they're like, all right, give me a second. Let me talk to him. And then he's like whispering to him. He's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. You're going to punch me, and then you got to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, that was and the only way he was going to be able to get out of there. Hold on. <laughs> and then later, he's like, they put an APV against you, whatever. And I'm like, okay, this got interesting. Now, all the cops, except for Jim Gordon, are after Batman. This is a whole nother wrinkle to this movie. I like where the plot's moving now. Mm-hmm. None of that stuck. Well, that's because the Gotham City Police Department's corruption was exposed to the entire city of Gotham. Very conveniently off screen. Like, that... That was did... a plot point. What do you mean no, off screen? No, it's not. You know why? Because... Uh, uh... The Riddler intentionally no, did that. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Batman and Gordon talk about how like they there's a reveal that all these cops are like crooked and they're like oh we don't know who who they can be the next time we see Gordon he's like I already sussed them all out all right the resolution and, and, to that and, happens and he's off like, screen and he's yes. like all these cops are the good ones now and also they're not after you anymore what the fuck like <laughs> how did that all happen conveniently off screen like 
It's a setup and payoff. The movie set it up really well. Oh my God, the cops are after Batman now and half of them are corrupt. And now we got to sort out the good ones and now we can't trust anybody. But then immediately afterwards, they're like, actually, we can trust all these people and they're not after you anymore. I would assume the only ones that would move in to arrest Falcone were the good cops. Sure. But like... That there just, wasn't that many that cops. That happened so quick. There was like a hundred there. What do you mean? It was like fifty. Oh my god! Now, now we're in there, ba- there, there now were, we're back into counting how many people were in the there, screen. There were less cops there than there were people in that little uh, convention center. I'll tell you that. It, they looked about the same. They're probably the same extras. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, these are your uniforms for today. Let's move into this set. And you'll uh, be paid one hundred and twenty dollars for today. Be, you'll be paid the day rate and not a penny more. And don't go eating craft services. That's for uh, the actors. <laughs> okay, look, all I'm saying is it's just it's kind of like a quick fake out. It gets you excited for a minute and then like we're gonna take I, it away. I can see where you're coming from for that. Though. Here's a second one. There's a part in the movie where there's a twist. Thomas Wayne actually wasn't this upstanding citizen. Actually, maybe he paid off a bribe and got somebody killed. Cool. Very next scene. Actually know that none of that happened. So what's the point? Well, it did happen. It did not happen. So Alfred goes and says, he went to Falcone. He asked for help to scare the guy. Guy dies. So Thomas Wayne was going to go. Well, I'll get to that. Uh, no, there's Tom- not an origin story. Yes, there is. So There isn't. Yes, there is. Um, it's so, talked about. That's not an origin story. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Thomas Wayne is going to go to the cops and they get, they get him killed, right? So I have two major problems with that. Number one... The thing I just said. They just completely undid, set up an interesting thing, but actually, no, that's nothing. And so now we're back to square one, right? It's a waste of time. Second thing, I really don't like this trend of making Thomas and Martha Wayne bad. And it's newer, right? I've got some examples. That's been going on like the past decade or so, though, right? I have some examples. Okay. <laughs> uh, Batman Damned. Thomas Wayne is cheating on Martha. Um, The Telltale Batman video game. That was from like five, six years ago. That was actually a good game, though. He makes him a criminal. And then the movie Joker, where like a, like the villain of the movie is Thomas Wayne, right? But Thomas Wayne is Batman's Uncle Ben. You know what I mean? Right. What if you made Uncle Ben a criminal? Defeats the purpose of Spider-Man. Eh. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Eh. Like, the reason Thomas Wayne needs to be morally upstanding, like, character, he needs to be perfect in the eyes of Batman, is because... Like, that is what was robbed his, from his Batman. His values are based yeah. off. Yeah. Of, uh, but his parents were robbed from him. They were the perfect people. But Thomas Wayne people. wasn't a villain and, in this. He, he made, yeah, he made the, a bad again, decision. That, well, again, yeah, they undid it. <laughs> but there's all this kind of like, we're going to put his, his morality into question. And yeah, maybe it's interesting, but we're going to undo it. But I'm telling you, I don't like it either way. Because Batman has to aspire to be his parents, but he can never be as good as his parents because he's not okay. Like, he pushes the line of what's okay and what's not okay, right? He's ultra-violent. He's maybe kind of crazy. He, he is pu- crazy. He pushes that boundary a lot, like, right? So, right. And he's very violent. So, like, he will never be his dad. He's never going to be Thomas Wayne, and he knows that. That is a defining characteristic of his character. So it's like, if you make him bad, it's to me, it's like making Uncle Ben bad. Defeats the purpose. Okay. No, no, no thoughts on that. <laughs> he wasn't bad in this movie, though. So <laughs> he wasn't right because they undid. It's it's a giant waste of time. I think in the middle of the movie. Okay, I'm gonna answer Philly, uh, in the chat. Philly and the J. 
who has not seen this movie, but for some reason stuck around for the spoiler section of it, wants to know if there's an origin story in this. And this brings up an interesting, interesting debate because there is a lot of exposition via two newscasters on the TV. And I kind of hate how much screen time we spend just watching the news. <laughs> I think like every DC movie does that. Okay. Now that I'm the- thinking about it. <laughs> but not to... Okay, so here's the thing. I'm gonna give it's you exa- not an origin movie. Yeah, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna give you an example that I think is really good, and then this I don't think is very good, right? So like the like the classic way of doing this is you show a newspaper, right? Right. And even then you're kinda like, uh, like maybe the character should be talking about what's on the newspaper instead of just literally having to read the newspaper. Are you talking about like the newspaper spinning on the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> this is the modern day equivalent of that where it's like yeah. Well, it's like it's a super quick way for them to like throw some exposition your way. But they do a lot of exposition by just showing the newscasters. I feel like a lot was thrown in. This movie does it a little better with that though in that like the newscasters are like most of the time they're showing something that like the Riddler leaked to the media. But like and that's like that, here's that how, is the story. Okay, here's how I think a better movie would do it. The two detectives would be talking about it. They'd be like, "Fuck, look what's on look what's on the news now." This happened. And we don't have to actually watch the newscasters telling. Like, watching the news is boring. I don't want to do that in a movie, you know? All right, so I was going to give you an example of what I think it's done well. In BVS, there's a montage, and it's a bunch of news pundits. But it's not exposition. It's thematical questions that they're asking each other about what are the implications of having a superhuman god creature on Earth? What does that mean in terms of national sovereignty in our place in the universe like it asks a lot of ethical and thematic questions and that is interesting but if they were just telling us this is what's happening in the movie now i'm like well that's boring (laughs) you see what i'm saying yeah so in that vein to answer philly's question the newscasters tell you oh today's the 20th anniversary of thomas and martha wayne who died in a thing, leaving their only son orphaned, and yada, yada, yada. So it's kind of like... it's a total of 30 seconds. Sure. I'm not <laughs> saying, but it, it's in there. I'm saying it's in there. It's that no, ca- it's no different from in Civil War when Spider-Man talks about, you know, when you have the abilities I have and you don't... No. You don't they act- dance around that there. <laughs> because they don't... He doesn't go... He doesn't just sit there and say, well, you know, my uncle was taken from me and then I got bit by a radioactive spider and then this and then that. And then he, it's not like he's just telling you the plot of like a movie that never happened. They don't tell you how he became Batman this. Okay, sure. I'll give you that. And look, all, I'm, I'm gonna all be, we know is that his I'll parents be, were killed when he was young. I'll be fair. Other than being like, oh yeah, and she was wearing pearls. Like, it's in there is all I'm saying. So make of that what you will. It's um, not an origin story. <laughs> I think that wraps like, up all my notes. You have notes. What else you got on the story before we wrap this up? Because the rest is going to go quick, I think. Not too much else involving the story. I do want to say that this movie, having as many villains in it as it does, it didn't feel like oversaturated with them in any way. Everybody it, had something to do. It handled villains, I think, great. I yeah. think that's fine. Similar to the other Batman movies, the Dark Knight and stuff. Right. A lot of these same characters are in those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Falcones. you got the Maronis. You don't got Penguin, but you can interchange Penguin and Maroney yeah. for you've got, purposes. You've um, got the commissioner that's always corrupt. Commissioner, you've got some other cops. You got some fucking. Um, you got the mayor. You got mm-hmm. the fucking um, the main villain. So whether it be Joker, Riddler, Razagul, yeah, Catwoman, like they're all in there, and the their relations with each other mm-hmm. works in such a way 
then it doesn't feel like it's all ham-fisted. Right. I, that's good. I no, like that. Th- this movie did a really good job with that. I, it didn't feel like overload yeah, or anything no, no, like no. that. Yeah. I really liked Penguin being like a lieutenant of Falcone. Yeah, and then we kind of see his rise at the end yeah. when Falcone is you know taken out. He's murdered, right. That's all good. I like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. And I'll it's funny because right before that happens, like, um, you talked about seizing power and Penguin's like, you know what? Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe I will, like, seize some power now that you're going to be out of the way. And then he dies. And then, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cinematography. We kind of talked about it in passing. It's great. I think it's, it's great. It's, yeah. I really do like it. The cinematographer, this, I forget his name. He's very good. Yeah, whoever was. Yeah. Apparently, they're kind of innovating a new way of filming where they film on digital and then they copy it over to film and then they copy it back to digital or something did chris nolan have a heart attack when he heard about that (laughs) it's basically (laughs) like a way of like giving that film stock kind of look yeah because it is a different look yeah without without all the headaches yeah without actually filming on film yeah without with still using like digital cameras yeah very interesting um i'm not really like a very convoluted way of having yeah. a filter yeah i guess I but, don't know. but look, it looks good I, i'm look i'm not gonna claim to be an expert on uh camera technology right. and filming techniques in that sense i know there's there's a big debate uh, among cinematographers based on digital versus using film mm. and like the directors and the cinematographers that are in those camps will like die by that <laughs> chris nolan like yeah chris nolan's very much into film yes stock. and so is like tarantino like they love big film stock like 35 millimeter the cinematographer who did um knives out had to like convince ryan johnson that this movie will look better on digital rather than film and because ryan johnson's kind of he's one of he's, those he's old school he wants to do film and he had to be convinced and then he was like you know what? he was right we were able <laughs> to do certain things with with digital it's a slightly different kind of the, the way it shows colors and look again i'm not i'm not gonna speak on something i'm not an expert <laughs> on so there's plenty you can look up on that um, yeah. Also, this movie Im- implements a lot of stagecraft, which is what they're calling it now, which is the volume technology that they used on Mandalorian. So the cinema, the cinematographer, again, whose name I I don't have in front of me, uh, he also worked. He kind of pioneered that with um, Favreau on uh, Mandalorian. Okay. So if you don't know, it's like a big room made up of LCD screens. Yeah, it's like it's almost like you're inside of a not virtual reality, but like inside of like a video game rendered yeah it looks really good and if you've seen the mandalorian you've already seen it in yeah. action or book of boba fett or book they, of boba fett they do it there too so what they do is they create a set like a setting i think they actually do it a in video, a video game yeah, engine in a, yeah. like in an unreal engine or something it's basically they make a video game stage right right and they make it look good enough to where if you saw it in real life you would believe again it's a background yeah. So you're not really like studying it, but you would believe that it's real and it looks real. It looks significantly better than anything that like green screen and blue screen have done. Well, you a lot of the benefits are that it creates its own lighting. So you don't have to light to match what you're going to do in green screen. Mm-hmm. You just do it and then that's it. And you, it works. you don't even have to light it with artificial <laughs> lights. You just use the fucking screens and yeah. it lights it for because, you perfectly. because it's doing the light because the light is being rendered in yeah yeah the craziest thing about it too is that they have like a, a vr tracker on the cameras so when the camera moves the backgrounds move so that it looks perfect from the camera's perspective but if you look at it from a different perspective it looks weird so the camera's point of view is like it's in the world 
Yeah. Essentially. Basically, the yeah. camera, it's, and that's why it's, they're using a video game engine because as the camera moves, it's the same as if the player were moving in the video game, then the pictures of the background would be yeah. changing. And that's how they do it. And one of the benefits is that they can create and upload a new background in like half an hour, I think is what they were reading, what they were doing for Mandalorian. Depending on, you know, what they need to yeah. make. So, and, and even if they wanted to change it, they're like, all right, we'll get the, we got the programmers and the, the artists, yeah. the programmers and the artists, they're going to change it and we're going to have changes to the background done in an hour. Yeah. And then we just come back and we, you know, we like, you know, there. maybe we want like the sun a little bit higher. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, well, that's the thing. Sunrises and sunsets. It's, it's something that you literally cannot film. Because the sunset, if you ever watch a sunset, it happens in like five minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like by the time it's like by the horizon, 10 minutes later, it's gone. It's very quick. So you just can't film something unless if you do it in one take. And that's it. Like you get one shot of it. Unless you're going to be doing it day after day and that's expensive. Yeah. If you ever see the movie um, Roma, no. they, they do that. They go out to like a beach and they film something in like one shot. Damn. And they're like. That was probably stressful. It was, it was Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, we just had that one shot. And now that was it. Because of the waves and and the the way the shot mm-hmm. was set up and it's a long take, and the the sunlight and stuff like that, it was just kind of so like if they messed anything up. That's going to be in the final it. product. That's the movie, and it was a huge gamble, but it's really good. <laughs> so that's amazing. Is I think this is the first major film to do it. A bunch of movies back before I had been doing various kinds of uh, what's called rear projection, mm-hmm. uh, which is a kind of an old technology. It's how they used to make movies like back before green screen. They would just project. Um, a different movie behind the actors and they act in front of it. Oh, really? A movie I like a lot. It's not a good movie. Uh, have you heard of Kung Pao Enter the Fist? Yeah. He does that. They put on an old like Kung Fu movie and he just films himself in front of it. Yeah. And it's honestly hilarious. I mean, that's how they did a lot of the, the Batman uh, 66 that we just watched. A mm-hmm. lot of that's rear projection. Uh, when they're on a boat, you know, the scenes on the boat. Yeah. It's just a screen playing... <laughs> water running behind them and then someone literally with a hose just kind of spraying them every now and then <laughs> i love that but here's the thing it, it looked real yeah. like it looked good it looked good and it doesn't take that much like crazy technology to do it obviously this is a step way beyond but yeah, but i think that yeah it pays off like quality wise yeah and so it's definitely something we're going to be seeing in a lot more movies now like yes. it's 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 permeating past just the mandalorian like that was like Obviously, the thing that's gonna that kind of rocked the industry, and now everyone's gonna start doing Has it. Has Marvel started doing it yet with their shows? I don't know because they obviously they all co-own the volume and that technology. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but if, it seems like a lot of like at least with the behind-the-scenes stuff, they've been they doing a lot of stuff yeah. like on location. Yeah, yeah, or building actual sets. Yeah, so eh. so we'll see. I like the noir look, film-wise, the color palette, all that. I yeah, thought was the, really good. Like visually, this movie it looks stunning. Yeah, it really does. Again, I think I would have made some tighter edits but that's not yeah you know whether it looks good it looks good yeah and and that's not necessarily cinematography so eh. it's editing so yeah yeah. i'm just (laughs) you know i'm I'm not gonna just sit here and be like let's talk about the editing uh Uh, you want to talk about the actors yeah who are your standouts uh my standouts i was honestly i was surprised by how much i liked robert in the role and again this is because i don't know I think it's the whole inexperienced Batman thing. He kind of sells it for me. Like, it seems like he is in over his head, but he's like, I got to fucking do this. I will give you that. I completely agree there. So, yep. like, I think he sells that pretty well. And my other standout, I loved Andy Serkis as Alfred. 
That was yeah. great. He was he was very he was really good. I think my two favorites were Zoe Kravitz and the Circus. Okay. I think they were they were doing a great job. Paul Dano did pretty good. Again, mm-hmm. I hate certain parts of the of his character. <laughs> right. But I think he he did really really well. Oh, Colin Farrell's Penguin was fucking great too. I was gonna talk about that. Yeah, Colin Farrell amazing actually i really enjoyed him i thought he was the most fun character in the movie i'd like to see more of him honestly yeah give me more colin farrell i'll take a colin farrell spinoff as the penguin (laughs) do gotham again but this time it's colin farrell (laughs) here's something though the prosthetics it looks great that's not the question right my question is why like why (laughs) do you cast colin farrell in this role as the hideous penguin maybe they just thought his audition was just that good here's the thing i kind of know the answer to this originally they were just gonna like do a handsome colin farrell and then they were like wait a second (laughs) Uh, let's let's try this makeup and then they eventually got to this point but for me i think it was like four hours of makeup every day too oh i believe it but it looks incredible (laughs) it does but it brings up this interesting debate where i'm like why are you casting handsome actors to play ugly (laughs) characters i don't mean to be like condescending oh yeah hunt down those ugly actors and give them some more jobs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is the conventionally not as handsome actors, they need roles too. Like, what the fuck? You That's know? true. That's and true. I feel like it's a trend because they did it with Christian Bale and Vice. He played Dick Cheney. And yeah. the transformation is great, and he really did look like Dick Cheney. <laughs> That's the thing. He looked too much like Dick Cheney. Um, right? <laughs> but what makes you pick Christian Bale other than the fact that he's an incredible actor? I think they're just doing it on his acting. I, I'd like to think that. Like, I, maybe he was just that fucking good I, in the he role. He is that, good. And he was nominated. Yeah. Was just, but that's like, he might have won. Oh, he won, I think. He won? He won that uh, Academy Award, I think. For Remember, he gave an acceptance speech. Uh, Jared Leto, also in the House of Gucci. I haven't seen that. He plays a Gucci member, and oh, okay. he's like in a ton of makeup. Same thing. It's the same fucking but thing. He, as, he doesn't look like Jared Leto. He does not look like Jared Leto. Jared Leto all. is also the kind of actor that will also like do insane transformations to his own body for a role what's the movie where he plays the guy that killed uh the beetle is it called like chapter or something it just makes me wonder like why not find the actor that looks the part and i feel like to answer my own question it's to get the fucking name on the poster that's why yeah like they wanted to get colin farrell you know selling the movie doing the interviews. He was on Hot Ones. Right. Because he's very handsome and he's very charming. He's very Irish. And he's very Irish and he has a beautiful little accent and people love him. People love Colin Farrell. He's, he's great. He he's, was terrible as Bullseye, but yeah, he's, he's a great fantastic, actor. you know, and, and his, uh, and his accents are on point. Like he yeah. can do any, like his American is great. Uh, and he's always I, doing it. I love him as the penguin too. I didn't think I was going to like him in that role that much. And it's fine. Again, like the counter is, He's great in the role. It just makes me question, like, why are we doing this? It's almost like <laughs> when they make a, a see, like an animated movie and they have to hire like a big name, even though there are probably voice actors that could do it better. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not saying someone could have done it better, but someone could have looked like the penguin and gone and been the penguin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we have our Robert, Robert Pattinson. Is that what you want to? I mean, I talked about Robert Pattinson. You haven't. I, I haven't talked about. I thought he was just fine. I didn't. Think it like was not good, great. not bad, just like eh. I I don't look. What did he he doesn't have very many lines, I don't think. I think it's it's a lot of him like just standing there. He for, he stands a lot. I, 
This movie's a lot of Batman just standing there. I do there. think, and Blake actually said this in the chat earlier, that he does a lot of acting with his eyes in this movie. He really does. Okay, I'm not going to downplay that. <laughs> I'm really not. Because there is something to that. Mm-hmm. It's physical acting. It's all part of the role. But a lot of his, what he's doing in this movie is just kind of detective banter with Gordon. Right. Which is why I said earlier, I just feel like he's a regular cop in this. I don't feel like this is a Batman movie so much as it's just two cops sort of solve a case. You know what I mean? Like, he stands there a lot. He reads the lines. And it's dark and serious. And he's Batman. And he's he's Batman. And he's doing a great job at that. <laughs> but, like, where's the real acting? You know what I mean? And there's one scene where he really gets to do some stuff. It's with Alfred. But even then, I'm like... A little more of that when when, um in the hospital. Yeah, that was good. That was good, but there wasn't enough of it. Like that was it. That's not Robert's fault, though. I'm not blaming (laughs) Robert, but I think I don't think he was given enough to do in his own movie. I can agree with that. There is a lot of and um, this isn't like the other Batman movies where we go. Not enough Batman in this Batman movie. It's not a Batman centric. There's a lot of Batman. There's almost no Bruce in this movie. Sure, there's some, but yeah, some. I just feel like he's not given enough to do acting wise and i think he's a good actor he's mm. done a bunch of indie stuff he's really proven himself i thought he was a fine choice i just don't think he really gave us an inc- like a performance for me to go man robert pattinson no, that I don't was think, a- i don't think he's getting any awards or anything like that no no I, I don't even think he deserves the conversation like he's getting <laughs> and it's again not his fault and i think part of the reason like i don't think the ending is satisfying what is he doing at the end of the movie Acting wise, again, he just he kind oh, of acting wise, not too much because he wasn't given it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> again, you have this final confrontation with him and Riddler. What does he do? He just stands there and he kind of looks off and he is having to do a lot of acting with his face. He sells the anger pretty well there, actually. Okay, <laughs> okay sure. But like, there's just not, he's not given like any dialogue. No, no. And it- so there's only so much a, an angry, brooding, Batman it's what can like do there's a lot of room for growth with that in both the character <laughs> and Robert Pattinson filling in the role and it's something where if they decided to move forward with this which it kind of seems like they are going to right it's something that I I'd look forward to checking out that'd be my top one in a sequel I need a lot more from Robert Pattinson yeah in the script like he needs stuff to do because he's a good actor and I would love to see him do the role like just go and and be you know immerse yourself and like it doesn't seem like a performance that required any rehearsing (laughs) he's just kind of like here your lines for the day stand on the x say the line it's a riddle the answer is this cool next the answer is justice (laughs) it's justice (laughs) what are the other ones justice um fuck i don't remember the other it doesn't matter there was like two more look i just wasn't impressed action you want to talk about the batmobile chase people love it really I thought it was fine. People love it. I think it's bad. The Batmobile chase, though, is one of the problems I had with the movie because of all the fucking collateral damage that isn't addressed at all. How much collateral damage was there? There, there was that one tanker that kind of falls over and he drives and it through explodes it. explodes and <laughs> causes, a, I think, another one to explode. And there's people on that highway, so they're all fucking dead. There you go. <laughs> so, okay. And we didn't talk about this, but this Batman really sells the I don't kill and you shouldn't kill either. Yeah, he does. And I like that. That is a core and, element of Batman. And to be fair to him, in that chase scene, he was not the cause of any of the collateral damage. Okay, sure. But is that where you're gonna say like so like Batfleck, he kills a bunch of people in his chase, but he's kinda like, 
He's like, oh, that guy fucking died. Yeah, whatever. He's in my way. I'm going to run him over. He's not my problem. Yeah. Like, Whereas this one... I get that. Like, I totally get that complaint. Yeah. But I don't feel like... And it is kind of sometimes a defining trait of Batman. And I'm glad they did it. It's also kind of like... Again, the third act of the story focuses on these like 50 people. I've mm. upped it to 50 to make you happy. They've, uh, they focus on these 50 <laughs> people when the whole city's fucked. I just thought there was going to be so much more. The whole but anyway. city is already fucked, though. They can't do anything at that point. <laughs> His what, plan already What an worked. optimistic film. <laughs> uh, you can't what? save everybody, but you can fucking try. Okay. Choreography was good. Uh, here's choreography was pretty good. Here's some things I really don't like. The fights are fine. it's good it didn't blow me away it's not the warehouse scene you know what i mean no there was no like huge epic fight scene the fights that we got though felt raw okay and a a lot of movies are like going more of the raw route with fighting these days rather than like super like choreographed Choreographed, yeah yeah and like clean looking yeah i didn't like that car chase at all i don't know why people are like loving it i like i thought the it was music boring. in the car chase yeah that was fine the thing is they were just kind of both stuck in traffic a lot <laughs> it was kind of like you know penguin well that's and- what caused penguin caused all the collateral damage because of the traffic penguin and batman are just stuck in traffic that's what that scene was and the, i'm like the are you gonna drive was, around the car chase is almost a little too realistic in that sense i know i felt like i'm like oh, we're stuck on i4 right now like this is too real this movie is too real when it should be a little escapist you know <laughs> cinematography wise they filmed a lot of that with the cameras locked into a car and it gives you a lot of the perspective of them instead of like a third party kind of floating around yeah. camera you Which, know um, look i get it it's good for certain things i get it i don't like it <laughs> It was nice seeing like the penguin kind of like panicking while he was driving. No, that I liked a the, lot. In a car chasing, those shots should be in it, but it shouldn't be all of it. Oh, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. It, it also made it a little difficult to know like where they were in relation to each other. Like how far away is Batman? Is Batman he, was a bit behind. Like as he get because penguins just like looking at the rearview mirror and you got that you angle see Batman of him like 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 that and yeah. he's like I lost him and then. I don't know. Look, I think it's fine. I got you. I didn't think it was that good. Um, I don't. I don't understand what the big hoopla is. Here's the thing, though. I think it was very well acted by Colin Farrell. It was a very well acted car chase. That's what you want in your car chase is good acting. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the score. You really like it? I like it a lot. I think it's too subdued. I think it's mostly just kind of that drum and that dun. I think it dun. It did a really good job. Like. Here's the thing. None of it was like an earworm for me. None of it was like catchy. I'm not yeah. like humming the tune or anything, but I felt what the score did for this movie enhanced it a lot. And at the end of the day, that's what a score is meant to do. And yeah. it does its job incredibly well. I do like the main theme. The main theme is good. I might have to listen to it again because I'm like, every time I, I put it on, I just hear the that little drum part. There's a little bit of like goth, very, gothic okay. vibes in there. It's very subdued. And I and that is very Michael Giacchino. Yes. And I'm and I'm I'm a big fan of his. I think so. look, he's he's very talented, and I and a lot of his scores work really well. I just think it's not my. It's, I don't think it's for me. I would prefer a score with a lot more themes in it, like a lot more movement. Okay. Uh, so like Danny Elfman. Not that much. Too much. <laughs> rain it back. Rain it back. Uh, no, you know. The, too far in the other direction. You're John Williams. Your Hans Zimmer. Sometimes I think John Williams is too thematic. It's all little Liet motifs and stuff. Yeah. And I, 
in the franchises he does though that like works really well it can yeah what do you think about the nirvana music there's like two of them right yeah i I like it in a batman movie i don't know why i don't like it i I like i think it suits it very well i uh i'm okay with it i'm gonna give you that i just feel like (laughs) did it just seem seem weird to you it didn't feel like batman I don't know. What, I, don't know. What, I, I, I can't explain it. It's is like it just the internal... fact that there was licensed music at all? Is that Maybe. what did it? It's like an internal thing where I'm like, even if it's like the master of like using needle drops, James Gunn, even if he did it, I'd be like, eh, it should be more orchestral, I feel, for Batman. You know? That's just me. Maybe I a guess little bit, me. but like, I, I don't know. I thought it, maybe it doesn't fit like the classic Batman very much, but this Batman, it felt very appropriate. Yeah, because he's just a dude. He's just a detective. <laughs> For now. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Also, Matt Reeves, like, based this character, of this version of Batman, off of Kurt Cobain. A little... Maybe it, a little bit? Uh, No, he said it. That's no, I not mean, me. like, <laughs> I, it translates to screen a little bit. It's not yeah, like... I, I didn't look at it and go, that's fucking Kurt Cobain. No, but... Um, he looks like Kurt Cobain. Oh, his the way his hair is and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's supposed to kind of be Kurt Cobain. Phil, you hate Nirvana. What? Let's move on. <laughs> Without them, my favorite genre of music would not exist. I look. I think the music's fine. It's just it's not for me. I guess. I thought. Okay. It, I thought it. It's well scored. The music plays a very good part. It's what I would expect from Giacchino. Um, it's not. It's not your preference. It, I talked to a few friends who were like, "Oh, this is my favorite Batman." Everything. I'm like, no. I don't think this is my favorite Batman anything. I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Like, again, the music's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it holds a candle to any of the Hunt and Zimmer scores, you know? Uh, we know how I feel about the Hans Zimmer scores. Wait, we do? You don't like them? It's not that I don't like them. It's that um, not, they don't really stand out. At least the Batman ones, they don't stand out too much to me. What about the BVS one? BVS, I the, think... All right, the is, BVS one was good. The BVS score is underrated because a lot when you you ask someone about bvs they're not going to get to score they're going to be like oh yeah martha blah cool we're not talking about martha the score is criminally underrated hans zimmer went all all out yeah he did that's he did a good job with that one that's a score that made him go i think i'm done with superheroes now (laughs) and then he came back but But, um i don't know something about this one i just like i don't know it speaks to me more okay sure costumes let's talk about the bat suit I like the suit, like the regular bat suit. I enjoy it. it I think it looks good. Okay. I think it looks well. I think it looks good specifically on him. Okay. I think it would look weird on a bigger person. He, I think Matt Reeves said something like he wanted kind of a skinnier guy. He doesn't want like a big, like a huge, like yeah. And it's kind of like okay, sure. Again, I just feel like he's a regular guy. <laughs> I don't think he. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> but like this bat suit, it looks good on him. The bat suit, I didn't like at first, and I'll tell you why. I felt like they were doing their what they could while avoiding what anything else had done before, you know, in terms of like the Nolans and the Snyders and and this, you know what I mean? If it's like this is just the bat suit that's not Ben Affleck and it's not Christian Bale. It's like what uh, and it's Sony not, did with the Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe sort of. They're like we have to do like something we gotta do different. something different, like different enough. Yeah, and that's just like it's not its fault so much because again. This is another fucking Batman reboot. We've got so many of these that it has to differentiate itself. Right. So here we are again. We need something, you know, the, the ears got to be, we did short last time. We got to go long this time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, it grew on me though. It grew on me because in motion, in the lighting, it looks tangible. You know what it looks like? The Arkham Origins suit. 
And that's my favorite Arkham suit. In the Arkham Origin suit, you can see that there's like shoulder pads yeah. and knee it, pads. It's like it's clearly like it's it it's look, armored. Yeah. It looks like he ran to Home Depot and put this thing together. Yeah, it's armored with <laughs> stuff that he like put over it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. Especially for being like a, an early Batman. It's his second year or whatever. Yeah. Cool. I hate the cow. I hate really? it. Really? I think it's bad. It's so leathery. And that's I think like the neck thing was a little weird, but I'm okay with the neck thing because in order for him to like have neck protection and also be able to move his neck, he needs a bit of a collar. That otherwise you'd and have the issue that all the other movies had where it's like they're kind of stiff, right? Like moving their whole fucking body around. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. get it. Because you look at like Christian Bale, his, the Dark Knight suit, the neck is really thin so that he can move his neck around, yeah. but then it also looks weak, like he's gonna get hit. <laughs> and so this one's got the yeah, collar. the Dark Knight suit is like eh. I come and go on it. Yeah, I like the Batman Begins suit. I do too, but it's not good enough like it feels like it could have been tailored a little bit better yeah you know it feels thick in some places and rubbery in other places but as far as live action goes this this one might be my favorite live action suit oh no any of the Batfleck ones are better i think i and i don't hate this one again i don't like i think the bvs one is a second for me sounds good um the cow is a leathery adam west mask and you can't convince me otherwise the stitching <laughs> is in all the same places the nose is exactly the same the Do face you think panel, on purpose i think they did <laughs> because it's huh. not it, it can't be coincidence you look at how no. the nose is stitched like that's exactly the way of being like oh we're paying homage to which, again you know what okay sure all right i just don't like it i think it looks bad but again you can't do Ben Affleck's. You can't do Christian Bale's. No. How are you going to differentiate this? And if you make the ears too long, or the yeah, if you make the ears too long, it's going to look stupid in live action. Yeah, it's I, those kinds of things like look good on. Like if you did the on, Arkham Asylum suit in live action, that'd look bad. That only looks good in like comics, like drawings. Yeah. You know? It doesn't even look that great in Arkham Asylum. It really doesn't. <laughs> they get shorter, more realistic later. Yeah. What's up with the little rods on his gauntlets? I could have swore they were going to have an explanation for that because it kind of like it's weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, I need to see like a picture They're of like it, silver rods that he has on his gauntlets. And I was like, this suit seems to be kind of very tangible and realistic. He's going to pop those things out and throw them at people. No, they're just there. Maybe it's just like part of the construction of it. I don't know. He doesn't have batterings. What's that all about? Are you going to tell me next movie? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> here's an act. Okay. Here's a, here's a legitimate complaint I have. I haven't mentioned it up until now. His cape doesn't do anything. He doesn't glide with it. It's just... No. So why does he have a cape then? To be edgy? Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, and it's one of those things where it's like, Batman gliding with his cape, was it ever... Did it ever really make sense? It's a core element of the Batsuit. <laughs> How does Batman traverse? How does he get around? The Batmobile. He, he grapples and glides. <laughs> grapples and glides. Before 1989... He does use a grappling hook he, quite a bit in this movie. He does grapple a lot. That's fine. Grapple and glide, that's how he gets around places. Right. That's, how you, that's how the video game works, right? Yeah. Um, before 1989, it was rope and glide, right? Mm. But from the first time we see Batman in 1939, he is swinging and gliding. That's what he's doing, okay. right? It is kind of a core element. And in this, his cape is just kind of like, I don't know, I'm emo? Yeah. Like, what? But there was also only one instance in this movie where he would have had to, and then they used that squirrel suit, which I didn't really like. Yeah. But it was he... a very short scene. It far from ruined anything for me okay it really it was brings, a goofy looking scene it's very stupid i think and it brings into question are you batman or are you squirrel man because that's a squirrel suit and that's a real life thing maybe yeah. that's why he was going for it. he's like you know a back glider 
isn't real. But then why are you doing Batman? That's the whole reason. Well, then there's because- other elements of this movie that are still like comic book like and fantastical also. What? Like, um, let's see. That unnamed Arkham guest that we had that looked yeah, but very okay. Let's get to that. Not in a normally scarred. <laughs> <laughs> but then, why does he call himself Batman? Then it's just the ears. Then at that point, if he doesn't have a whole bat scare wing people. thing, I don't look, man. <laughs> there's a point in this movie. I didn't mention it in the story, but it's a huge thing for me. The climax of the film is that Batman is dangling off a ledge and a gun gets pointed to his head and he's like fuck it i guess i'm gonna get shot in the head now what like batman that's his bread and butter <laughs> you know like being on a ledge no problem he's gonna jump off glide around grapple behind boom kick the guy like why is that the thing that they made like this is what's gonna get batman in trouble wait the point where he was gonna get shot was that at the end when he was like fucking weak as shit and but he's dead <laughs> there was two instances where he's just dangling off the ledge oh. and he can't do anything about it he can't Despite being strong, I guess he's again regular detective. He can't pull himself up. He can't. He has a grappler. He can't grapple his way somewhere else. There's they're indoors. There's plenty of places he could have probably gone. Right. It's not like he's on the edge of a building like before when he used a squirrel suit. <laughs> yeah, because I was like at the edge of like a almost skyscraper, yeah. high rise at least. So do you know, you see, what I'm, saying? I'm just like it just seemed like a really pathetic. This is the climax, and then Catwoman saved him. Cool, whatever. I just like if Batman had 30 guns on him, I'd be like, okay, this is a sticky situation for Batman specifically. If someone were about to reveal his identity, which we didn't talk about, huge kind of weird fake out. That was the third thing that was like, oh, oh, faked oh, out. oh, oh, yeah, I didn't have an issue with that one because that one genuinely subverted my expectations. <gasps> Let's go one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, like, why is putting Batman on a ledge the thing? That's like, oh, this is good. this was gonna do him, and this is what pe- makes gonna make the audience sit on the edge of their seat. It just made me go like, why is Batman in this situation? Yeah, that wasn't the best decision for them to do. Thank you for admitting that. <laughs> Batman would use his fucking cape to glide off, and if he hasn't invented his cape glider, because maybe in the next movie he's like, man, the squirrel suit sucks. Maybe I can use this fucking cape that I've been wearing this whole time for no reason. You have to make the cape a lot bigger. Also, uh, <laughs> in in when they redid his kind of like year one thing, it's called Zero Year. He doesn't have a cape because he hasn't invented that yet. That makes sense. Don't just wear oh, a cape for fun. So maybe they just shouldn't have had him had a cape in this movie, and that would have that would have solved that issue for you at least. Maybe, but then he wouldn't look like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so it's implied that Riddler knows Batman's true identity. It's implied, but upon thinking about it, it would also be ridiculous that he would have known. Why? Riddler often finds out Batman's true identity. It doesn't reveal it because it doesn't satisfy the the puzzle, the riddle. Yeah, but immediately upon meeting, look, the movie did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not. I don't know. I know. Like, I know. I know. Like, no. During the movie, I was like, oh man, does he know who he is? But that when he was like, oh man, Bruce Wayne, the only one we didn't kill. Yeah, and then even Batman's like, <sighs> it was a really weird scene because it was another part where I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. This is a wrinkle. I didn't see this coming. This is really early to put his identity his, out there. Yeah. And again, like what I was talking about the ledge, that's not an interesting, dangerous situation to put Batman no. in. This is. This one was. Batman yes. has to decide, does he keep his identity a secret? Or does he kill someone? Or does he fucking like take? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> what are the questions here that you're asking? This is very interesting. Only to find out 
Paul Dano, the Riddler, is just kind of talking about how he resents Bruce Wayne because he's the rich orphan who got all the attention while he and so many other orphans were just kind of like starved at the orphanage, abandoned by the Waynes. It's a good five minutes of you going, wait, does he know that Batman is Bruce Wayne? And Batman himself is like, Wait a second. Does he's he like, know that I'm... Yeah. He's like squinting. He hasn't said anything yet. He doesn't want to confirm or deny No, he's, he's like, he's trying to like keep his fucking mouth yeah. shut. Which brings me back to like, he just doesn't say anything. He gets away with, with this whole uh, scenario by just yeah. being quiet by just... It's, he could have stayed home. But, it does make for a good like tense situation and it does bring out, again, some good physical acting with Robert Pattinson. But I get it. You want him to do more like regular acting. You want to see more of... I want there to be a payoff to this situation that they set up. Again, it's just another thing that they undid immediately after they did. Well, they never really did it, though. They implied it. They strongly implied it. <laughs> also, Batman is still stupid because he's in that apartment and he finds that uh, that carpet tool. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's a carpet tool. And Batman's like, no shit. <laughs> well, I mean, not everybody's going to... I knew what that you didn't. You, I didn't know what that was. It's the thing they used to fucking put... I mean, you know, I you had, saw the movie. I had <laughs> seen it before, but I didn't know what it was used for. I'll give him that like he wouldn't know that that's a clue but it's also the Riddler also like remember mm. Batman's not a working class man <laughs> that's true he, he didn't know a power tool he either. was probably like what is a strange device well he knows he, he's a good mechanic he built the Batmobile do you like the Batmobile we're talking about costumes I do like the Batmobile I don't think Philly liked the Batmobile I don't like the Batmobile I, I liked it overall it's just a car that's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's that fine. I think it... Look. The, all right. The BVS Batmobile was a lot better. And I'll give you, like, that is 20 years on. Right. I mean, built the best Batmobile I you could. I did not like the Nolan Batmobile. I, I don't love, like the Tumbler. I love the Tumbler. That's literally like a military tank that he got. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. No, it's not literally a military tank. They purpose-built it. It, it looks it's like... It's a ba- prototype military tank. But it tank. looks like Batman... It looks like something Batman would have... It was already a tank. All he did was turn it black. I know. It's cool. <laughs> well, okay. I just think it's just a car. And, like, let's find that early Batman has yeah, and, just a and car. And we don't really see him use it too often in this movie anyway. So <sighs> It's bulletproof. It's got some armor. And it's got yeah, the it's, fucking it's, tur- it's a bulletproof car. It's got the turbine thing in the back. and bajoo. It seems like a work in progress. It seems like... I feel like this Batman's Batmobile, like, it's like a project for him that he's going to continuously tinker with. Sure. It looks like Kit. And I think, and I think they based it off. Uh, they, they didn't base it off. Kit. They based it off of. Uh, yeah, they based it off of uh, Christine, that killer car in that movie. Is that what that movie's called, Christine? Christine, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, like a killer car in that, isn't there? Yeah, the car is called Christine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, I'm not super it's, familiar with it's it. It's a relatively famous Stephen King story. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I, just, I haven't seen it. Anyway, I just I didn't think it was that special, and I feel like Batmobiles are like. They're supposed to be cool and special, and a lot of people like it, and that's fine. Look, I just uh, that's a preference thing, I guess. Last thing to talk about is the. Why did you say this is not sequel bait? The because Matt Reeves said it wasn't. He said well, he's um, wrong. He he made the movie, so oh, he's he said that um he said this isn't for any like plot moving forward or anything. This is literally just like he exists in this world. If someone else wants to use him. Or if he wants to use them, if he wants to. Who's someone else? He has his I, own I universe. I guess he has his own universe. <laughs> if he wants to use Joker in the future or even just, like, show him again, like, yeah, he exists. That's not a problem. Okay, here's... If they go and make him, like, the fucking villain in the next movie, yeah, I'll be upset. So what did you think about that design, then? We barely see it, but... We barely see it. 
That's the thing. It looked like it was kind of going for the comic book look a little bit, but uh, I don't know because we don't get a super good look at it. We see the scarring on his like smile and stuff, and he has like like a he, mohawk. I think he almost looked CG in a weird it way. So fucking weird. I need to see pictures of it. Like I don't. It <laughs> happened so fast that I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I'm like, "That can't be the Joker. They're not. They wouldn't." For a split the second, I thought I it was like, gonna be Two Face. I'm like, "Wait, me too." Why? Why would Harvey Dent already be like? Two-Face? I thought it was Two Face, and I was like, "That'd be stupid if they're skipping." Two Face requires a lot of build up. Yeah. So I'm. That's the thing. Was, Joker doesn't require build up. The the fact that he exists in the asylum that's not a big deal to me. The fact that they showed it and it was that stupid and cringy. <laughs> Please, like, we had a Joker who had a questionable design in Jared Leto, right? Questionable is putting it lightly. <laughs> I design-wise, Jared Leto, I like fifty percent of it. So I don't, I don't like his tattoos. I think I like the idea of it. I don't like the execution, like at all, really. I, I love the idea of Joker just being like a mob boss because that's right. what he settled into, and he's got a fucking alligator yeah, skin, yeah. purple jacket, and he's kind of like. Like, I like that. And I think Jared Leto would have done it. He probably did do a good job, but we, we didn't we see any of it. We didn't, we didn't see, see any it. Of it. It was edited and it was chopped up to bits so that it doesn't play well at all. And his first real opportunity to kind of be the Joker was in Justice League, like, like earlier. And it was, and it was really year, good. Last year. And that was pretty good. And uh, whatever. My point is. For people that thought that was like questionable and cringy, this is ten times worse. I'm sorry, like this is this is it's weird, hilarious. It's weird, and it's one of those things where it's like a part of me is interested in seeing it, but not right now, not no. right now. And it's like that means that there are currently, currently three different Jokers running around. Yeah. Which is a, it's funny, that's a plot of And a, this Joker a, was played a, a by uh, the guy from Eternals. Uh, I wrote it down. The guy that played Druig, who, uh, I mean, I like this acting. Uh, no, he just tells a weird joke and then they both laugh at each other. Like, no, I, I don't mean in this. Oh, uh, Barry Cogan. <laughs> oh, you mean as an actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's the weirdest. It really takes me out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been better if they put somebody else, like Victor Zaz would have been cool. Yeah, some minor punk. Yeah, but... Okay, and then this brings up the topic, like, if you're doing another gritty, down-to-earth Batman, what villains are you going to do? You know what I mean? I mean, we alluded to this a little bit, but, yeah, like... Your your options are a little limited, because Batman's villains are all a little, like, out there. Yeah, and also, like, the grounded ones, Nolan did those. You but, know what I mean? And they're all just mob bosses. They basically are all mob yeah. bosses. I think the most out there one he did was Bane, and he did kind of bring it down uh, to earth. Raza Ghoul. Raza Ghoul. Oh, and uh, they they worked around the uh, Lazarus pits as being something in his head. You know, like the idea. Like, yeah. Because at first, I remember in Dark Knight Rises, I was like, oh my God, did they bring him back to life? And it's all like a vision. You know, I'm like, oh, that's how they worked around it. But, I think the Lazarus pits themselves are cooler. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. This is not a universe that can have Lazarus pits, though. We don't know that yet, though. We haven't seen enough of it. I guess. I just. It, I don't it's know. <laughs> one of those things where it's like I think there still needs to be a chance given before we write off this whole universe. All right. You know. All right, well, I think it's an okay introduction to something that has the potential to be very interesting. Not the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about the Joker. That was bad, and I really. I, no, I'm talking about just like this. This iteration of Batman. You know in what general. it reminded me of? Oh my god, it's the same thing actually. Oh, it no. reminded me of Carnage at the end of the first Venom. <laughs> it's literally the same thing. He's in jail. The guy next to him is like, 
there's going to be car- what does he fucking say <laughs> he said there's going to be carnage there's going to be carnage and they put him in like the weirdest fucking wig they did make him look a lot better in, in the actual movie sure granted uh, that movie was still shit right and, that, but... and that's kind of my point they're going to have to do something like that if they're going to yeah put well, this joker in that, the movie they're going to have to redesign it, it that's probably why they barely showed him also apparently they had a full design like everything like planned out yeah yeah, yeah. No, no no and and they just didn't show it at okay. the end of the day but like it's out like it exists I'd be, and i'm dying to see yeah, it i'd be interested to see what what it actually looks like <laughs> oh my god i'm out of stuff to say i don't know about you i wanted this to be way shorter no i i think i'm good this was a three hour movie <laughs> yeah we've been talking about it for three hours wow <laughs> it's too long <laughs> yeah no i think we've pretty much covered everything uh, still really long. This is too long. Well, we had a lot of discourse between us. Yeah. Which um, makes for interesting. Do you have any final listening. thoughts? Um, recap it all. Recap it all. Um, all right. This movie overall, I liked it. I think it's a very interesting introduction to a, what could potentially or, or probably be a new Batman franchise. Score was good. The music score, not the fucking rating score <laughs> yeah action overall was good definitely some stuff can be improved i want to see more of robert in this role actually being able to be batman in this role yeah well i think i just kind of want to see more bruce actually this bruce wayne is interesting to me i'd recommend watching this movie honestly i'm not going to say it's a masterpiece or anything like that but there is stuff to like here yeah i think there's a lot of recency bias where people see this thing that they like and they're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I think this is going to be one of those movies that a year from now, people are going to like walk that back a little bit. I feel like I can compare it to like The Force Awakens when we saw that for the first time. I don't know about you. I was like, this is incredible. Oh, this I was, had a smile on my face the whole time. I was like, this is so crazy. And now I look back and I'm like, and there's a few issues. With I'm it. like, that's it's very high octane, and I'll give it that. But also, they could have done so many different things, and I don't like any of these creative decisions. And so, I'm like, it's a more action packed uh, A New Hope. Yeah, yeah. Which that, isn't necessarily bad, but I wanted more. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of things I like about this movie. At the end of the day, though, I think its story falls apart at the end. I think the third act is. It's not just like, oh, that third act is weak. I think it kind of falls apart at the end. I don't think the story resolves in a satisfying way. I think it just kind of fizzles out. And if they were trying to do Zodiac or Seven, those movies have really great satisfying endings. <laughs> so I kind of feel like they, they messed that up. Okay. Um, I'm not one to say like the plot matters that much, but the plot is a tool to tell a good story. Right. So if the plot falls apart, I feel like it's just like the wheels falling off a car. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing just kind of comes to a screeching hot. So that's why like I, I don't want to sound like I've been overly negative because it's not that I hate this movie. It's that the things that don't work for me are kind of big deals. Okay. Um, and it's hard for me to kind of be like, oh, you know, but I liked all this other stuff. I did like a bunch of other stuff and we talked about it. But at the end of the day, it's just like a movie that I think it's kind of slow it pats itself on the back a lot. It thinks it's really smart when it's questionable in places. And for me, it's like, what does this do to the DC universe? Like, I think you could do more stuff with Harley Quinn and, and Jared Leto if you wanted to. The Jared Leto Joker, you know, like. Right. And they still can. That's what I'm saying. Does putting a Joker in this next movie prevent that from happening? 
I really hope DC realizes they can have their cake and eat it too in different ways. Keep doing Batman stuff on the other side. Whether it be Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, you recast, whatever. Again, right. I think they should have just cast, recasted Ben Affleck and made a story set in the same universe. They didn't do that, and it's very frustrating. But if DC realizes the more content we push out, if it's good, people will like it. People will understand that it's set in different universes, and it's fine. Then I'm okay with it. But like, at the end of the day, like I said, I was honestly expecting to really like this movie because even though I was going in a little sourpuss... Uh, <laughs> you know it had a lot of hype and it had a lot of really good reviews and i feel like i was let down anyway so that's where i stand on this <laughs> i'll probably watch it when it hits hbo max but i'm not i'm not gonna run out and see it again i don't know about you i want to see it again whether i wait to do that or not uh, i don't know yet yeah so uh so thank you for listening you guys thank you for subscribing on your podcast app Thank you to that piano dude for our musical intro. Uh, guys, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend. And if you've told a friend, guys, thank you so much for telling a friend. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. And you can find us on Twitter if you want to argue with us at Films from PZ. We are on TikTok at Films from PZ. All these episodes are available on YouTube if that's how you prefer listening to podcasts on a browser on a screen while you work from home that's on youtube films on the phantom zone all these episodes are streamed live on twitch.tv slash films from pz if you want to hang out with us you want to chat with us live while we record these episodes it's not the nice polished product but it is fun and interactive and we talk to people on the, on the chat all the time if an episode's you know an hour and a half long we recorded it for three hours so if not longer you get to hang out with us while we do all that you can support the show on Patreon, Films from the Phantom Zone. And if you want to hang out with us while we're not streaming, uh, you can join our Discord server. That link is in the episode description. Uh, you can join our Discord and talk to us all week long between episodes. A lot of fun talk, banter, memes, stuff like that. Other than that, I think that's all we got, Birdo. Uh, we will see you soon. Uh, what do we say we're doing next? Jonah Hex? Was it Jonah Hex? It's Jonah Hex. Now it's we have to Jonah watch. Hex. Now we have to watch Jonah Hex. Fuck. <laughs> it's on Netflix and HBO Max. So uh, you can join us for that next episode, and we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.